Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as you can see, we're doing something a tad on the different side today. We're going to be talking about something that I haven't spoken about positively in quite a long time. We're going to try to do the unthinkable here today. We're going to try to make you believe that the pay-per-view coming up for WWE this Sunday actually is worth a fuck. This should be a whole lot of fucking fun. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. How the hell is everybody out there? This is your boy, your main man, your absolute brother from another moment. This is your host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I am AJ Orsini, and I can lower this down and let you all know that as you can probably see from me here live, I'm going to double check the feed here to see what it is. That we're looking at. My Facebook is up, and that's usually a big no-no for me. But here we go. I'm going to go in here now just real quickly and check out the room. And I want to take the time to thank everybody for joining me here today for what's sure to be a very, very interesting episode here of Orsini's Uncensored Mind because this is episode 153 in which I am bequeathing onto all of you. And I'm going live for one of my monthly... These are going to be like my takeovers now. I'm going uh, pay-per-view once a month here, the usual 12 pay-per-views for the year. And uh, this is going to be a whole lot of fun. Now, as you can see at the screen looking at me, me here today, I'm going to mute that for so I can keep track of the comments here. As you can look at the screen and see, I'm not by myself. Or as I used to say, I am not alone. I'm not alone today. No, I'm here with three not one, not two, but three of my favorite people. I know we're doing the Hollywood Squares deal where it's like, hi, hi. <laughs> I am here with three magical people who put up with me more than they probably should. Uh, my first guest that I'm going to introduce to you is, ha is my silver-tongued female analysis here. She is my professional guru here. She's Lynn, the voice of the voices here. You guys got a chance to hear her at the Royal Rumble Roundtable. She's back for another one of the big four. I'm here with Danielle. How you doing, Danielle? I'm doing well. I missed the lovely pandemic that has kept me inside for yes. five months. The lovely pandemic, <laughs> which is something that no one has said this entire period. There's been nothing lovely about it thus far, but we're going to try to make this as fun as possible through the course of the Zoom deal. Of course, a voice we have not heard in quite some time. Uh, he was once a regular on the show, and he is making his dastardly return. The, the immortal, the social media pariah, the king of the ugh style. I'm here with Maddie Ming. Ming, what the hell are you doing? Unmute, unmute yourself, you mutant. I'm trying to ha ask to unmute. There I'm unmuting. Oh, and he's got the mask. You see that? Safety yeah, first. What the, yeah. what the fuck, dude? You are inside. Why the this fuck is, are you wearing 
Trust no one. Is, is Zoom social distancing? You have to participate. You got to call the Social distancing. I mean, I could. You can give me. You can give me COVID through the internet. I don't know how that works, but it's possible. I'm being. Why do you think they call it a virus, Danielle? Yeah, a virus. No. And the last panelist here of this SummerSlam roundtable, the Wizard to my eyes. This is now day two of uh, commuting with the great and honorable and founder of Hive Mind Radio Network, Mr. Stephen James. Steve, you and I have done the dosey do yesterday. Are you ready for round two? Yes, I am. And, of course, I am wearing yes. and representing Ripping the wonderful the AJ Orsini, unsen the Uncensored Mind new t-shirt. <laughs> do me a favor, Steve, right here at the top so that we have a point of reference. When you get a chance, uh, can you link the good folks over at your store, the spread, the spreadsheet store? We can give them a link there where you guys can get your Hive Mind Radio merch. I ordered mine a few days ago, and I was hoping he would be here in time for this show. I wanted to wear his shirt while he wore my shirt type deal but the Inception. post office has not delivered my mail just yet i do not have the shirt as of yet but as soon as i get it the world will see and everyone well, that's why know. they're closing because they don't deliver shit on time <laughs> just Sorry. makes me want to yell plorp, plorp. oh yeah Amazon plorp. there it is apparently that's a sound in comic books uh the plorp plorp and a roof these oh, are all sound effects that are sound effects that are animated uh, throughout the course of comic books. It's actually a really interesting story. You guys can check out that episode yesterday that we did by heading over to Hive Mind Radio's Twitch, which is at twitch.tv backslash HM Radio, if I'm not mistaken. That is you correct. You see so. that? I am a goddamn professional. That's why. Yeah. So we got a lot of guys here in the chat already. Oh, this is hot. Yeah, we got. Uh, I take this off. I'm sorry. Got, there you go. This is the love. That's what the people paid to see, brother. I, I, I tried to say a gimmick the whole show, but it's <laughs> containing all of your hot tears. It's hard to contain. Oh, oh, release the evil. Oh. There you go. All that uh, salt and pepper. By the way, for those yeah. of you who haven't seen Maddie Ming in a while, looking svelte, my brother, looking slim. Dropping some LBs throughout the course of... He didn't put on... 105 pounds. 105 <laughs> pounds. He dropped I a whole it. cruiserweight I think, division. I, I think we've all, unfortunately, the COVID-19. So. There you go. See? So you did a great job there, Maddie. Mm -hmm. I want to put that out there for everyone to see the hard work. Let them, let them put over my weight loss. There you go. Keto, keto is the truth. Keto. Everybody who's overweight, try keto. <laughs> yes. It works. Pushing the brand, guys. Pushing yes. the brand. So we are here with episode 153, and of course today is the SummerSlam Roundtable. Now, for everyone listening right now, when I uh, came to these three individuals and asked them if they wanted to be a part of the roundtable, they all said the same thing that I've been telling you for weeks. Geez, AJ, I don't know. I haven't been fucking watching it. So we yes. all had to uh, buckle down and do a little research and try to catch up a little bit. I'm not expecting everyone here to be... Uh, completely memorized on everything that's been going on luckily it's only well, eight matches that we really have to go over the, the video that you send in terms of like getting prepared yeah i think did the best summary of everything i have no idea what's going on in wrestling like like there like there was there was no reason for me to go to Hulu and watch Raw and SmackDown. I was like, oh, I'll just watch this YouTube video. Oh, I know what's going on. Yeah, I thought it was a really uh, helpful video. There was a couple of storyline points that took place during the course of that video that I thought you guys could play with uh, because we are going to be talking a lot about that. Before we get deep into that card, I want to start with that card. 
I want to get right into the new stuff so we can really have fun talking about the old stuff because that's what I really want to talk to you guys about. SummerSlam is, of course, one of what we all refer to as the Big Four. Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and, of course, the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. I have had the benefit, the privilege, and the honor of attending all four pay-per-views. And I still say one of my favorite, uh, and I've said it before on this show, my favorite is the Royal Rumble. Obviously, WrestleMania is the big show. Survivor Series can be a hit or miss. I feel like SummerSlam sometimes is the sleeper show on a regular oh, yeah. of, on, a, on a regular year. This is 2020, a whole new version of wrestling year where every show right now isn't really being paid too much attention to. So I wanted to talk to you guys and put voice to it. I've already told my story. I'd love to hear yours. Steve, we'll start with you. How has your wrestling viewing been thus far during the pandemic? It's definitely decreased. There's certain things that I'll watch or I'll go back and take a look at, like when they announced the Raw Underground thing. Yeah. You know, I was kind of intrigued by that. So I would check that out or little spots here and there. But I'm not really, you know, while I am at home more because of everything, I'm nine times busier than before somehow. Uh, taking okay, on yeah. more and more because I feel like I have more time. But, yeah, I haven't really been watching as much. But when you uh, when you put out the the bat signal, the uh, Orsini yeah. signal, <laughs> I went ahead and I watched the last four weeks of Raw and SmackDown just to Oh, God, God bless you. Yeah, bless you. I, I was pleasantly surprised, actually. <laughs> well, that's good. We'll get into that as we start going over the card. Danielle, uh, I know for a fact that – you're a, a huge wrestling fan, but how are you feeling thus far with uh, this particular pay-per-view being a little less Baron Corbin-ish? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, unfortunately, my viewership of my lovely King Corbin, and I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm probably going to get uh, flogged from my King for not watching, has definitely... No, you took your flogging in January. You should be fine by now. I know. <laughs> um, you know, it has definitely decreased simply because of my situation at home. Um, yeah. You know, I do. I have watched AEW here and there, um, but we're not talking about AEW. No. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, I do. You know, keep up. I guess of what's going on via Twitter, and uh, you know, and Instagram, and if if anything happens to be to float on my Facebook feed. Okay. I mean, I know about the whole speaking out movement. I know, you know, about that. Um, but other than that, like Steven, even though I'm home 24 hours, seven days out of the week, it seems that I've gotten even more busy than, you know, than, uh, than normal. Ming, Ming, you have, uh, it, a, a very similar situation as me. You you got a few friends right now who have been working wrestling shows during the pandemic. So has, oh yeah, has that affected your viewing as well, or have you been? Able no, to- I haven't watched anything. anything. Uh, it's, like, I, it's weird to me. I can't watch it. It's just no now, crowd. Right. It's just there weird. it is. It's like, See? Is it the, is it the crowd? Is it the same for everybody here? It's really atmosphere? the crowd. Honestly, it's we the, the crowd atmosphere. For me. The big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't just get into it. It's weird. But the crowd is not what makes the show, though. It really is. I don't know. It really is. It really is. Especially (laughs) as a performer, it's very, very difficult. 
you know, uh, uh, to gauge what work, what's working and what isn't working. And what's not, yeah. So it's right now what they've been it's doing a roadmap is, for a performance. Right. They're just going through what they feel is the right thing to do. And for some audiences it works and for some that it doesn't. So that's why it looked, the shows all look so schizophrenic, even the AEW for shows. Me, for me, it's like watching a match with, like, no ropes. It's equivalent. Oh, like, it's just weird. God. Yeah, it can yeah, happen, it's but it's just awkward. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it happens once in a blue. It's yeah. okay. Once but in like, a blue mood, it actually does. Yeah, happen. it's co- continuous. Is like, uh, it's, it also it's has weird. to be difficult for for a performer to, to lock in. You know, if you feel yeah, like of course, an empty place. So, yeah, has- well, it's good that I seen uh, the few shows I have seen that they have had like AEW started with having like you know the background guys and you know few of the wrestlers outside the ringside, like and you can hear them loudly. But it's just not the same thing of having like they're reacting to what they're butter. supposed to react to. That's not a, like yeah. the same as a yeah, live exactly. it's not reaction. Like, it's not real reaction. It's not a reaction though. Yeah. yeah. Has anybody here gotten the chance? Because it just debuted yesterday. The Thunderdome. How has? Oh, that's that's gonna be a clusterfuck. But did you I see guarantee- it yet? I saw it. I, I saw a piece of it, but I'm pretty sure, like, how are they monitoring, like, what people are doing, like, they're viewing? Like, I, I no feel idea. like some guy's going to show his dick, honestly. Well, we've had, te- like so we- far, we've had teddy bears. We've had what? two people asleep, like, literally curled up in a ball asleep on the camera with their phone in front of them. So it's funny. Yeah, you saying I, I, some guy worse. when you mean you. Why are you saying some guy when you mean no, you? No, <laughs> I'm like, a family Have you, have you gonna, registered? Hey, I'm going to, you can't talk to me. I'm an essential worker, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Thank you, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. You can't talk to me like that, okay? <laughs> WWE is going to have a show called WWE Thunderdome. Where is Tina Turner? Why is right? she? Why is she not writing out? She might on be a social TV? distancing. <laughs> She's like, enough with this COVID you know, shit. And saying, welcome to Thunderdome. And, you know, and I, every, after every match, simply the best is the package. That's like, that, that, that would be amazing. <laughs> I got a chance to watch it. I didn't watch it live yesterday. I got a chance to see it today. Uh, I did see the peripheral pictures that were shared from the test run. I was not impressed with the pictures. I thought. I think, Steve, I told you yesterday, epileptic shock was a big fear of mine because it just looks so outrageous. I got a chance to see it today in the full HD form, the way they are choosing to do their presentation. And I'm going to get flogged, like Danielle said, I'm going to get flogged for this one. I loved it. It was great! For two reasons. A, I love the way they used it. It wasn't like those people were there the whole time. It became part of the entrances. It was almost like a full... You ever seen those 4D shows at amusement parks? Yes. It's like the, the all wraparound screen where you have a view of kind of like... They made the whole room kind of 4D. I And of course, what better way to open the show than with the fucking Fiend? That, and the Fiend's entrance with the lighting and the, and the screens. I fucking loved it. The second reason why I fucking loved it is because of when the audience is on point and acting the way they're supposed to act, it does look kind of cool. Ming made a great point that people are going to fuck around with those screens. I was noticing it too. I was distracted quite a few times throughout the course of SmackDown. People were just either fucking with it or doing this to it or what? Because they don't want you to hold up signs. Yeah, they're going to hold up signs. People are going to start promoting themselves. My wife wanted me to join the SummerSlam one so I could put my website on there. There was a whole bunch that's, of different things going on. Now is this now is this whole thing that we are talking about like through in a network or it was SmackDown on live on Fox. No, the Thunderdome is the, is the actual building yeah, that they're the using. Event. They're calling it's the it the Thunderdome because it has the setup. It, yeah. It's not an event. Yeah, 
I thought it was great. And if they use it, like when I first saw the pictures, I was like, this yeah. is a great idea because while it, in the pictures, like you said, it didn't look that great. I knew that they were going to come with their A game. Plus from right. a storytelling perspective, you have another way with characters like the fiend, like you mentioned that you can do other stuff like the hacker thing that just kind of disappeared. He can hack the screens. You can <laughs> do more things with that. Well, he's in TNA there's now, just, so. For people who complain about WWE and wrestling being stale and not doing new things, right. fortunately, the only fortunate thing for wrestling when it comes to the pandemic is it has forced some things to become more innovative. And like the Thunderdome, I'm here for it. Yeah. Oh, this is going to get shut down soon. Yeah, Somebody's I was going to say, something crazy. I, 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 as soon as I saw it, I said I loved it. But I also said right after, this is going to get old fast. If they yeah, it's gonna, if they did right. this for big shows, pay per views, maybe some specials, I'd be for it. Every single week, looking at those screens also, is gonna be a pain in the ass. They also have to do something because their ratings are in the motherfucking tank. Oh yeah, no, they're hitting the so, bottom so, of the tank. <laughs> so they, have, they have to do something, and also, um, as Stephen said, with even even with our jobs, we have to become more technological savvy. Absolutely, and if yeah. we, unfortunately, if wrestling or events in general are going to be closed down because arenas are not opening or whatever, they have to think of something to engage their audience. They got to try. And, and, you know, and, si and since we are stuck behind these screens for goddess knows how long, <laughs> yeah. might, might as well use it to your advantage. Absolutely, man, as well. And it's, it's I've been trying to prolong this, but it's time, guys. We're going to have to start talking about this uh, pay-per-view coming up, which will be live yeah. this Sunday, August 23rd, from the Amway Center. We are finally out of the PC. And we're do we have doing... NXT tonight? We do. As a matter of fact, in about, I'll go ahead and push it, because fuck it, 40 minutes or so, we're about to go live uh, on the, uh, I believe it's NXT TakeOver 30. Uh, oh, okay. I'll watch be, that. It's but gonna you be can catch that yeah. on demand after this. Right. I was of going course. to say, of course, uh, there's been a few times where I've neglected to go live for that exact reason because of the takeover. I didn't want to go head to head, but I don't see very much more of an opportunity for, as you can see, I'll pull the curtain back just a little bit. My show is going live at 7. I told my crew here to be up at 6.50. I didn't walk into my door till 6.35. So I was kind of behind the eight ball. That's how busy I've been. I, I don't no, have. No, no, no. You were not busy. You were fashionably late. I wasn't even late. We were all on time. I was just at the <laughs> yeah. minute. I was at the minute. Don't throw me under the bus, goddammit. That L word. That I'm doing. L -word. I'm, I got the Zoom. I am an administrator. I will mute you like in around, the, like around the horn, like around the horn. So let's go ahead and talk about this. The beauty of this show, and Danielle was with me the last time we did a roundtable. As a matter of fact, we did it with Steve in the studio. Um, the last few roundtables we've done, and Ming's done quite a few roundtables as well, it's been a lot of big shows, 15 matches, 14 matches. Because of the pandemic, and this is the beautiful part, the, we're, we're going to try to spin some positive tonight. One of the positives of WWE's programming thus far has been the shorter pay-per-view times. The last time, Extreme Rules, a shade over 2, about 2, 2.15. Money in the Bank went about 2.30, about 2 hours and 30 minutes. I'm assuming this pay-per-view will be of similar time. We've gone away from the third and fourth hour of pay-per-views, which is fantastic. Uh, and I think if you think about it, they've kind of pigeonholed themselves. Two of these matches will, I promise you, will be combined into one. And I'll explain when we get there. You know, you guys who are paying attention to the shows will know which one I'm talking about. We're going to go ahead and we're going to kick this off. And I want to talk 
The first match we're going to talk about is probably the one we'll talk about the most because there's so much attached to it. Let's address the elephant in the room right out of the gun. Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville. This was supposed to be hair versus hair. They did a gigantic buildup for this for two individuals who I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be sympathetic in a second. But to be honest with you, as performers, I'm not that impressed with either one of them in the first place. But I got to be honest with you, after the events of the last few hours, I'm kind of rooting for them to go out there and perform out their ass. I know they're motivated as shit. Last night on uh, SmackDown, Sonya Deville swallowed everything she could to get through that five-minute promo. And she did a hell of a job, and I hope she appreciates her time off. And I know that's tipping my hand a little bit. But based on last night's show, that hair versus hair is no longer that stipulation. They have now changed it. It will be a no disqualification loser leaves the WWE match. I'm assuming the no disqualification clause is in there because these two girls need to work some shit out and they're going to get a chance to do it live on on the WWE network. But the loser being gone from the WWE, obviously, uh, for those of you at home who are unaware, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. A Google search will get you all the information that you need. But there was an actual live shoot for real situation that took place between a crazed fan and Sonya Deville's home, who also happens to oh, have yeah. Mandy Rose living in that home as well. This is a shoot. This is for real. This really happened. Zip ties, a knife, pepper spray. There was a whole ordeal. They were trying to kidnap Sonya Deville on some real shit. He even stated he was trying to do it before the pay-per-view because he knew that that was going to be his window. After SummerSlam, she's surrounded by the big boys, and it's not going to happen. So it's a whole ordeal. Mandy Rose was not the intended target, but obviously it's still a traumatic situation. She's in the house. She's afraid for her own life, her friend's life. It's a whole ordeal. I don't know anybody who saw SmackDown last night and didn't feel somewhat sympathetic. Um, the look on both of their faces, just the fact that they went through makeup and got on that camera and spoke at all is crazy, and they have to do it tomorrow live in front of everybody, and I hope Regardless of who wins this, I am assuming both of them will be on some sort of leave, some sort of takeaway yeah. to gather themselves and figure out what's going on. Uh, Danielle, I'm going to ask my first question to you, um, the lady of the group here. I know that safety is a big concern when it comes to women just in general. Right. But does this real situation change your kayfabe kind of story anticipation for this match? Did you have high anticipation for this match in the first place? Does this change up or down the anticipation you have to see it? Actually, no, because I honestly, I didn't know what was happening with Sonya Deville. Until and just now or until earlier today? And their whole, and the whole storyline. I didn't know what was going on with Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose until again, it came across my newsfeed about, right. you know, what had happened with her, um, with this. Now first, when I heard the original stipulation of hair versus hair, I was like, we just went through this whole speaking out movement and having, you know, and having women's wrestlers be considered just a wrestler and yeah. to show their ability to show their talent. And here we go again, being being pushed down because of an appearance right because of this uh -huh. so that got me annoyed because i'm like you know okay Just so let my, go talent out there and wrestle, right? my talent means nothing my ability means nothing my mouth my speaking my promos whatever means nothing this is what's important no appearance doesn't matter uh -huh. but then when i heard about everything that was going on 
I can understand them wanting to do a quote unquote fluff stipulation so that they can have some sort of levity. Right. You know, and, and try to try to distract what's going on. Because again, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they are performers. And while, while they have all of that in their head, worrying about what's going on in their house, that their house is safe, that they're safe, yeah. that and everything. So it's like, with the stipulation being changed, it's kind of like, okay, you kind of already know who's going to win. Yeah. It's probably, you know, it's, you know, you know, Sonia is going to get the L, so she has to quote unquote leave. Um, right. So she can go handle that. And then Mandy Rose will probably take a leave, you know, as you said. Um, you know, it's, again, it's, it's, it's hard because Sonia's worked so hard to yeah. get to where she is. She's improved her, a lot. You know, with her being, I think, you know, one of the first openly gay wrestlers and actually using that as her platform to get her, to get her out there. And then all this shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> Very openly. Did you see that you stunning know, suit she had on Friday? Well, that's another thing. I mean, how fucking crazy are you that you're going to kidnap a lesbian? A one, you know, who's, like, one, one who's trained in MMA, by the way. An <laughs> MMA lesbian, though. Not your usual run-of-the-mill you know, lesbian. Like, don't like, don't, 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 don't diminish it. You're crazy if you try to kidnap anybody. Anybody. It's you crazy. <laughs> no, but it does make you a little bit more. I mean, she yeah. is a trained professional Wait, fighter, like, for like, Christ's sake. It was like you were going after a person that could probably legit Kick your ass. It doesn't matter <laughs> when you're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> also, that. that kung fu stuff goes out of the window when that pepper spray hits. It, I'm just it saying. Doesn't matter what's crazy. I, I think, uh, think what's going to happen is is that they're going to nine times out of ten, they're probably going to be the first match on the show tomorrow. They're going to probably wrestle maybe ten minutes. Yeah, I think the same thing. I and do then, think they're going to open. That's why I opened with that, it. You know, and then as soon as they're done, they're out. Yeah. They're like, I you think know, that's the same scenario. I, I actually, Danielle read my mind completely. That's why I started with this. I thought that would be the perfect safety situation to do. Let them be first. Let them get the build up. Uh, play your packages. Let them get out. I'm telling you, they're going to be fucking intense. They have so much emotion right now. They're going to go out there. They're going to beat the fuck out of each other. That'll set the that'll set the tone for the whole show. Uh, just at it ra- raw intensity and just get them out the door and just let them go. Let them go somewhere where they be safe and all that stuff. Ming, go ahead. I know you bursted at the same time. I didn't, I didn't just don't know how they survived. Like, that guy had, like, a clear-cut plan. And, like, I know. I when he executed you know, at, like, 4-something in the, like, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I just don't know how he, like, survived. Like, God bless them. The power of this. Sony yeah, De- yeah, exactly. Yeah, go ahead. Sony Deville has an alarm system in her house that has an app on her phone. App on her phone alerted. Alerted her. Saved her life. Oh, like the ring. I like like the ring. Yeah, like ring. Yeah, yeah, like ring.com. Yeah, yeah. Her house. She has a setup like ring. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. So she. So that. So that's how they were able to essentially catch the guy. Yeah. You know, it's. You know, whoever whoever did the security to her security system. (laughs) Saved her life. Yeah. So you know they they get a tip. They get a tip. Steve, on a wrestling level, 
as a po we we kind of went over all the emotional stuff the situation on 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 a on a wrestling level uh you and i share some analysis skills and we've gone back and forth with this a few times uh do you think this new situation ups the ante as far as the physicality? Do you think there's a reason they went to the no DQ situation as opposed to just eliminating the hair versus hair and just having them square up or, you know, hair up and square up and all that stuff? Do you think that this no disqualification stipulation literally changes the whole architecture of this match? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But I, in this instance, didn't have a problem with the hair versus hair thing because of the characters involved in it. Mandy Rose is known, her character is known primarily for her beauty. She's God's gift. It's a storyline aspect of it. And then, you know, you having Sonya Deville come in and cut off her hair as a sign of taking a trophy with her. Right. I had no problem with the hair versus hair match at all when it comes to this particular matchup. But I think when you extend it to a no disqualification thing, it's kind of the same thing only with i mean are scissors non-disqualifiable like it's still it'll it'll make it more brutal it'll make it more intense it'll make it more physical but i think that regardless with as we said what happened that was going to happen anyway right. you could put them in a regular singles match and the intensity will still be the same but you need a blow off here so they can both kind of disappear for a while i think that the the issue here is is and and we're talking about in the context of wrestling how do you approach the real life situation without making uh, Sonya Deville a baby? How do you not make her a baby face coming out of this? So there's a, there's a there's a booking corner that they have to beware not to book themselves into. Well, I, think I have that, a question. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, what's the question? Um, do you think the outcome has changed since due to the situation? No. Like you do, you, do you think that? You, so you think Sonya Deville was originally always supposed to lose? Yeah, this was the blow off program. It was supposed to. I, I really believe it was supposed to be Sonya taking this L anyway. But I think they were going to do it. And I think Sonya gave it away in her promo when she's like, "Does anybody here really believe I gave a shit about being bald?" And I and I think, I think the hair versus hair was a nice setup. But I think the hair versus hair also gave it kind of a well. We know we're not cutting Mandy's hair because she, you know, she's have. God's gas. It would have been a nice swerve. No, they. they I, I like the fact that they cut the extension because it gave her a reason to take the extensions off and just be her natural self. To Danielle's point, which she was saying earlier about being known primarily as more than just the looks. When uh, Mandy first debuted as a heel, yeah, God's gift, the whole deal. She was doing the whole thing, but you know what? Not for nothing. That didn't get over. What started getting her over was the deal with Otis, the blue-collar work and chick and, and being around with him and taking on those values. I know it was just kind of getting started before the COVID thing hit. But, and they but got it was the better-off-dead thing. The reason why that worked is, let's be frank, psychologically it was, here is this guy who has no opportunity in real life to right. get with this girl. And so they're still playing on her beauty. Yes, in the beginning. That was what the initial interest of the storyline was. As we progress and they started doing more promos and they started doing more of the vignettes, like the pool thing they did, which was completely awkward. I never want to see Otis <laughs> in that position ever again. I loved it. But it, but that's what I'm saying. The time they took, and I'll, go, I'll give Mandy credit. <laughs> great. I'm not huge on Mandy's in-ring work, but as a character, as a performer, she's starting to click. She's starting to get it. And, and she's understanding the commitment value of it. On the surface, yes. If you look at Mandy and you look at Otis, you go, yeah, no way. But Mandy's commitment is so fantastic. 
in, in the union that it makes the whole thing work. Otis is hilarious. He'll carry it. But Mandy has to do her half, and she has done her half. Ian Miller puts in the chat, I think the no DQ, oh, it just moved up. I think the no DQ allows them so much more leeway to do more stuff, which is fine. Uh, if, if it gives them more leeway, actually on NXT TakeOver, Bronson Reed, a little homage to Bam Bam Bigelow with his ring gear. I guess NXT TakeOver is on right now. People are telling me in the chat they're watching us and NXT. So that's cool. cool. Thank you, guys. Watch us. I was a little worried about going head to head, but if you guys want to hear us chat about SummerSlam, we can take down WWE. Yeah, well, (laughs) let's see if our our, let's see if our hits match takeover. Let's see. Let's compare. It's the Saturday (laughs) Night War. The Saturday Night War. The start of our (laughs) negative eighty-three weeks. There you go. (laughs) Oh man. So, yeah, so uh, I, I don't think the, 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 the finish changes. I think we still do the whole thing. As a matter of fact, I'm glad the finish. If it ends up being – listen, if Mandy loses, uh, I would be a huge shock to me. But you know what? I think either way that this ends, I think both of these ladies need a time or, or like, some time you know, also, to just decompress and get that stuff off of them. You know, also with stipulations like that, like hair versus hair, loser leaves town, loser leaves WWE, whatever – those type of simulations essentially is a essentially is a virtue signal of we're changing your character. Yeah, yeah. Just we are re- go, we are going back into the box. Yeah. We're starting. I actually one. feel like Sonya came out of this feud uh, the better performer than Mandy, and not saying that Mandy did a poor job. I'm just I I think they both grew in this feud. Uh, but fire and desire coming to an end at SummerSlam. That's a pretty good push. They're impressing somebody backstage because they've had a lot of focus. Uh, we're gonna switch up to the next matchup here. Uh, obviously, we've got eight matches. Only two of them are not for titles. So we're going to be talking about championships quite a bit here. And we're going to go right to the next championship match as the WWE United States Championship will be on the line as Apollo Cruz will be defending the U.S. title against MVP uh, coming this Sunday live on pay-per-view. Ian Miller in the chat says, watching you guys from Ottawa, Canada. Thank you, Ian Canada, huzzah! <laughs> Big on Canada. I love Canada. My wife actually, uh, he says he's from Ottawa. I'm not entirely sure how far that is for me. I'm curious about Toronto. I want to check out Toronto. But Matt, Toronto, I want to. Toronto, Toronto's in the same province, which is Ontario, nice. from Ottawa, and Ontario is about about a good three to four hours. The reason why I know this is because Ian is a friend of mine. Oh, there you go. All right, Ian. <laughs> Thank you, Ian, for oh, tuning Canada. in here. Oh, you got, oh, oh Canada. Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> Ming, Ming. Yes. I need to get yes. your opinion on this because you were the first person I thought of when the Hurt Business got together. I need, before we get into the U.S. title match, how are you feeling the return of MVP? How are you feeling about the gelling of this group? I know how vocal you are. Let on me the tell show. you something. Go MVP ahead. Give it to me. Thank, you let them know, brother. Let them know. MVP better thank whatever Chinese scientists made COVID because I don't think he was, <laughs> was going to last this long. He only, I think the only reason he's lasted this long because of the pandemic, honestly. Oh, that's, I think that's he, you being honest. That's fair. See, I understand. I, I, that. I, I think I think that he was gonna. He came back had a couple of matches. I think he was gonna be like a, a road agent because of the pandemic. If certain wrestlers not wanting to wrestle, I think he was able to step up and become a, a regular performer. And actually, He's the impressed. few things I have seen hasn't been that bad. But it's just like that group is just like the typical like shitty black guy wrestlers put them together. Like, why is it Cedric Alexander with them? 
or somebody like like well he like they, he did speak to him uh, this past Monday. He's trying to get Cedric on the same page. Uh, is it is there it, is there a name really the hurt the, the hurt uh, the hurt business? <laughs> That's the name for real. That's the name of the group. The hurt they should business. just name it Black Lives Matter. They should <laughs> do that. They, they might as well right at this point. Why not? Just so they can say the line and business is good. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The catchphrase. Uh, You don't think it's improved Shelton Benjamin's position at all whatsoever, Mr. I can't even. He's he's another one because of the pandemic. He's old. Like, (laughs) Shelton Benjamin is mad. Ain't no stopping us now, brother. What the heck? I mean, he's mad old. But I'm (laughs) I'm actually glad that everybody, I'm actually glad that Apollo Crews is getting some burn. Because, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and he he's was like quality like, matches so far. Yeah, he's always been a good wrestler. So he's, I'm actually I don't like his happy promos. for him. I don't I'm, like his. Promos. You don't like don't, his what? I don't like Wait. his promos. I hate when he speaks. Yeah, you say good wrestler. Yeah, but what is Apollo? I'm tired of the. I'm a good wrestler yeah. being enough. It's not. Apollo Crews not. is not. At the WWE level, I don't want to hear he's a good wrestler. Well, that that's, that's why he has MVP with him. I mean, I mean, he, can't, he wouldn't be able to do it alone, so he's going to do it in a group, which is fine. And he's a heel. So it well, no, Apollo the, Crews doesn't have Apollo. MVP. Yeah, Apollo Crews doesn't have say, MVP. Like, wait a minute. Why would Apollo Crews be fighting a person in his own stable? Yeah. Yeah. Apollo Cruz oh, is see, not. That tells not, you I don't watch. I yeah. They were no. Okay. So here's okay. So let's clear this up. I don't watch either. So let's clear this up. Hold on. 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 Let's clear it up. So MVP and Bobby Lashley created a relationship. In that relationship, oh, Bobby Lashley's terrible. They, uh, <laughs> yeah. So they they brought in Shelton Benjamin. So that's the three. He's before Shelton though. After he recruited Bobby, he was trying to recruit Apollo. That's how the feud started. Okay? So wait a minute. Because so Apollo so, refused. So, so Bobby, they put the, hold so on, Bobby hold on. Lashley. So Bobby Lashley is with MVP right. and Shelton. And Shelton Benjamin. Benjamin. Right. Okay. He so spoke worse. to Bobby. Bobby so, bought. Did, so, so what happened to Lana and why isn't Lana playing Alexandria York? Okay, here we go. So I'll explain it now. <laughs> so I'm glad I looked this up. So oh, Lana's not with them no more? No, 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 no. So MVP came into the picture to talk to Bobby because Bobby and Lana together were the shits. Yeah. And the f- promo in the ring from MVP basically was, you guys are the shits. So I, why don't you work with me and I'll get you a WWE title match and I'll get you big business and the whole deal and Bobby bit and eventually did fight Drew McIntyre in a pretty decent matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not Money in the Bank. I forgot which one it was. Uh, where Bobby, I think it was Backlash. Where Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre had a match, Bobby fell in love with MVP at that point because he's getting them big matches, WWE Championship matches. He loved it, so the two of them were Ooh. together. MVP uh, went to Apollo Cruz when Apollo Cruz surprised the whole world and won the U.S. title. MVP went over to Apollo to try to convince him, "Hey, look what I did for Bobby. I could do that for you too." And, but, but but Apollo declined. He did not want to join MVP. So MVP did his whole promo when Apollo thought, oh, he's still trying to recruit me. And the surprise was, oh, not talking to you. And here comes Shelton Benjamin. So that's where the hurt business, quote unquote, started. MVP, Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, they're fighting Apollo because Apollo wasn't down for the Brown. He wasn't with it. So they're fighting him. This past Monday, uh, MVP gave a little bit of a talking to to Cedric Alexander. You know, it must be tough to be a tag partner with somebody who calls himself the one and only and trying to kind of divide, call that divide. And then Cedric took his advice to a degree, showed some intensity, and won the 24-7 title on Monday. 
So that's oh, why. Oh, he did. Yeah, and then he lost it like in the next segment. But the point is, is he got a little, <laughs> he got a little aggressive. I didn't see the show live on Monday. I saw a Raw this morning, but I got text messages on Monday. <gasps> is this a heel turn for Cedric? Is he going to get into his head? So who knows? They should have added the whole tag team, that whole Ricochet uh, and them. No, leave they're Ricochet not. They're, they're not going to do nothing heel with. Ricochet. They could be the new nation. Oh, they could be the new nation of domination. Oh. Nah. I'm glad you said that. You do it. I'm glad you said Black that. Black Lives Matter. Oh, wait, hold it. on. I'm Why glad not? you said that. So a few weeks ago, since you haven't seen, I'll update you. So a few weeks ago, MVP was asked on a radio interview if they were going to do with this whole thing, because it was before they had a name. He was asked if he was going to do anything kind of Nation of Domination-ish with this group. And he literally like laughed and said, I want nothing to do with the Nation of Domination stuff. That's a whole different deal. I want to do my own thing. He had Beatdown Clan from TNA in his head. That's what he had in his That's head. What I was gonna say. Yep. But the WWE played their hand because I don't think they knew about the radio interview. And the next Raw, after he said, I want nothing to do with the Nation, they brought Ron Simmons in to do an angle with them. And MVP did it. The group did it. You know, they're not going to tell Vince McMahon no. But they voiced very heavily after that. We don't want to be a new nation. We got other plans in mind. We've got other things that we want to do with this. Please do not make us another nation. And they pulled Ron from the shows. The advantages, though, of the Hurt Business here, I will say this, is there are two guys who are not exactly the most charismatic in Bobby Lashley and uh, Shelton Benjamin. So now they have a mouthpiece and somebody like MVP who can talk who can engage with fans, who can be entertaining. So I think that, you know, other than if without this, you don't see Bobby Lashley. You don't see, you know, Thank Shelton God. Benjamin at all. It's not happening at all. And it's actually not been that bad seeing them walking around backstage using influence when all the glitches and stuff were happening pre uh, retribution uh, MVP had a really good in interaction with the commentary table talking about unsafe working environment and this, that, and the other. And then we saw them go into the raw underground as well. Ugh. I think that that's where they should kind of keep their focus. The hurt business is made for raw underground. They've got a legitimate MMA guy in somebody like Bobby Lashley. They've got an athletic, you know, performer like Shelton Benjamin. It's not heavy relying on talk, but you also have MVP who is like a promoter in himself where he can promote his guys and manage them. So I think that that would be the best fit for them. In the chat here, Lynette Farmer says, love your shirt, Maddie Ming. Damn. Thank you. <laughs> They're Get big it. on they're big on the gear, pushing the merch here. Uh we want to nineteen ninety nine. I want to take a quick pause for the cause, let everybody know right here on the board, my lovely wife's handwriting, because I write like a fucking schizo. I write like an autistic doctor, so I can't really put into, I, I have my wife do my boards for me, uh, but she put everything down here for you guys. We do have an opportunity for you guys to call in if you want to ask myself or anyone on this panel the question, 917-397-6101 is the phone number in which you can call to uh, give us your questions, your comments. Ian Miller is keeping us abreast of the NXT TakeOver show. Candice LeRae mixing it up in this ladder match. The fact that there's a ladder match on this show uh, is a big reason why I'm probably not going to watch the whole show in its continuality. Uh, thank you, Ian, for giving me the heads up that there's a ladder match on this show so that I know exactly where my piss break is going to be. So I'm going to go ahead and pull this back up. Let's move on to the next match. Uh, Ming disappeared on me. 
No, I'm sorry. I, I, was, I was Oh, but he hears us. That's fine. No, no, no. As long as you can yeah, hear I, us, that's fine. Yeah, I can definitely hear you. Okay. Because, you know, we got kids. Like he Slater used to say, we got kids. And our kids ain't I, I got a kid. Yeah, I got kids. Nah, she's locked, <laughs> she's locked in the room with the iPad and candy. There you so, go. See, parents. It's going to explode soon. <laughs> she's going to explode soon. Soon. Right. Soon, soon. The WWE yes. Raw Tag Team Championships are on the line. The Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins, and previously poisoned Montez Ford will be going against Andrade. The flu game. Yeah, they, uh, he, they gave him liquid COVID and he passed out. Andrade and Angel Garza are the challengers with, of course, Zelina Vega in their corner. I'm assuming the Street Profits will have Bianca Belair out there with, at some point based on the way yeah. that this has gone. Uh, I changed, I switched it up here. Danielle, what do you know of the tag team, the Raw tag team uh, title situation thus far? Well, I know that the Street, Prof- the Street Profits were in a program with the Viking Warriors. Mm-hmm. Viking Raiders, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which... Say, the, say the goofy one, not the, not the one that makes more sense, because that's the, the one that the machine. WWE... War Machine? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the WWE refuses uh, to do anything logically, but yes, go ahead. It's all goofy. Uh, I know of that, and I will admit, when I, when I did see those segments and those skits and everything... Um, I found them entertaining. So I think they're doing the same sort of style of skits or whatever now using uh, Andrade and the other guy whose name just completely out of my head. Um, Oh, Andrade and Angel Garza. Thank you. Um, You know, see how important Angel Garza to me? Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, she will not fall for his manly charm. Oh, no. With the rose. No. Um, if I was a woman, I would fuck Angel Garza to death. Go ahead. <laughs> no, what? No. What'd you say? That's, you heard what, what I said. What? Can you, you say that again for the masses? I'll say, say it? it again because it's on record. If I was a yeah. female, I would fuck Angel Garza to death. There you go. It's on record. Whoa! Yes. Buddy, you can't say <laughs> that. That's my show. I can say it's uncensored. If, if they you use, are a father. They use the same... Um, skit style or entertainment style whatever you want to call it uh for this program i will be entertained um but i really don't see the street profits i think the street Street profits are going to win because again andre andrade and angel garza even though i don't remember him that much (laughs) really don't need belts to get over whereas the street profits unfortunately do even you know, even though they're great on the microphone and great, and they're great entertainers, um, again, I don't know their whole deal. I think it's simply, well, we can't constantly go against War Machine all the time, so let's go against a different tag team. And, so we're the other teams. <laughs> I was like, uh, the Street Poppers are really good performers, so I would like to, they would. I think they would have a good few with uh, Cedric and Ricochet. That'd be nice but, but here's the thing, though, with the Street Profits, when I first saw them. I immediately said that they were a private party ripoff. Oh no, no, I can't. No, I don't see that. Can we stop? Because... Can we stop with the whole two black guys? Remind me of another set of two black guys. Yeah. There's no I, comparison no, was, between no, the, two. the way that in the beginning when they were part of NXT with the whole like partying and shots and going to this club, going to that club. But that's you know, funny because a, Whoa. I started. I, I was with Private Party before they were Private Party, and they didn't do any exactly. of that shit until AEW. 
exactly. So whatever the mass thinks of the whole cup and the what's in the cup, that's private party never did that. The whole shots yep. thing is brand new. If anything, if anything, saw, Street Profits did it first. I saw the whole the whole shots thing when they were still on the independent scene at Pro Wrestling Magic. And whatever and whatever yeah. other independent No, they they did it they do it they did it towards the end of their I see them do it at Hog. Like towards the end. Yeah, towards the end. Not when I was with them, because when I was with them, they didn't know what the fuck private party meant. (laughs) No, but I think they they started to catch like uh, a good sense of themselves when they uh, when they went that big taxi match with the Hardys. Uh, I think they started doing. Yeah, I think they started doing it there. Well, I saw them do it at that show. But even if they did it toward the later end of Hog, Street Profits didn't know it. Street Profits ain't watching hog hog footage. I mean, it's just—I think it's just a coincidence that they—they. They I think Montez Ford was trying to jump on that lean audience. Coincidences, you know, I don't believe in coincidences, so no. you know. But that's just me. Anyway, Ian brings up a good neither, point. Neither one, neither one of them need to steal either or's gimmick oh, yeah. to get over because they—they're good enough to get over with their own shit. So I don't think they're biting Absolutely. off of each other. I think that it just—you know—both of them are, are young black guys and. They just, I think they both just, you know, familiarize themselves with just being a party person. So it's just natural for them. Montez Ford, if he. Can you imagine Montez Ford versus Mark Quinn? (laughs) Holy shit. All I'm saying is Montez Ford is likely going to be a huge breakout single star. He will be a WWE champion at some point. He he, he has has great. He suffers from one problem, though, I think. And. He's almost too fit. He's kind of got the edge long body. He's not necessarily. Uh, I'm so not, the only reason I think why that I say less no. important now. Yeah. But that's something that people are going to have to get over. The only I think re- that's yeah. his only hurdle. Yeah. I think I think his personality is much bigger than his frame. And I think I, agree. I, th- I think the slim thing, which used to be, you're absolutely right. It used to be a thing. Sean used to get it a lot because he was kind of fit as well. And he tried to put on mass. Uh, edge too. Edge. But Seth Rollins, in my opinion, really broke the slim mold. Like you can't, if you're, if you can buy Seth Rollins beating Lesnar on two occasions, you should have no problem accepting Montez Ford, who, and I'll go on record, is a better athlete than Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins may be fit and he may be a great wrestler, but pure athleticism. Does anybody in this country Montez? That, that's what I'm saying. Naturally, Montez naturally, Ford is yes. not there yet. He's not a WWE champion right now. But whatever he has a higher ceiling. He has a way higher ceiling than a lot of guys in the WWE. Right but now. I think I think Seth Rollins will put in the work to get to that same level of ceiling that Montez Ford. And I also, think Seth, Seth Rollins has a lot to. more mileage on him. Uh, Montez. Let's not but let's not compare even, NXT to Ring of e- Honor. Even, even you know? more of a reason yes. why Montez has the capabilities of being that champion because he doesn't have the mileage that Seth yes. Rollins came in with. We're all missing the biggest part about this Raw Tag Team Championship thing is this is really a vehicle right now for Bianca Belair to whoop Zelina Vega's ass, as you saw on Up, Up, Down, Down, where she say, interrupted yeah. in, in Zelina's home. She made right. on-site a real that, thing. That, in fact, Ian said that in the chat. He said, with this he feud, did. it gives a chance for Bianca Belair to feud with Zelina Vega. Absolutely. I was going to bring that up. Thank you. Ian did say that. I'll get a jump on Ian's comment. Because well, Bianca hopefully it's Belair, a good feud. 
Bianca Belair feuding with Zelina Vega should only serve one purpose, and that's getting over Bianca Belair. If yes. people She's are a star si- if people are sick of the four horsewomen, and 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 they're by the end of this pay per view, will eventually start to wear thin on Asuka. If you're looking for someone outside of the five, Bianca Belair is your future star. Can you please get behind Bianca? Because, first of all, if Bianca can get into the ring with what I can only assume is the side. Zelina Vega, okay, Rosita, I used to work with Rosita. She is this big, okay? I curl more than Zelina weighs, okay? Like like Tony Atlas used to say, I curl more than you weigh, brother. That's what Zelina is this big. And I have to call WWE out on something. Uh, this past Raw... When they made the reveal that it was Zelina that poisoned Montez Ford, can I ask a question? Why was Zelina taller than the interviewer? Is Zelina Vega taller than any individual on the planet Earth? No. What the fuck were you standing on that made you almost equal height to Angel Garza and Andrade? Do they have they're, a step stool for the her? Optical, no, the optical illusion. One is standing at an <laughs> angle closer. to feel more like she's a regular human being. She's not. She's like four I have a bigger five. question. Why was she arrested? Why wasn't she arrested? This is a crime. Yes. She poisoned Thank somebody. Thank you. They have the her on camera poisoning yes. someone. And all yes. anyone can do was sit there with her fucking mouth open. And, yes. How dare you, Zelina? Speak more on this. She should like, be sent what? to jail. And if I'm Zelina, why say anything at all? Zelina was cute. Yeah, she was like, why isn't that match on the card? Because that's the more serious issue is if someone's poisoned my significant other. Yes. Right. It should be a blood feud. It's on site. Why isn't this match on the card? <laughs> Did you guys see the uh, the, the episode um, where uh, they were? It was the episode where he passed out, where Montez passed out. I don't know if you guys okay. saw this episode. So he yes, passes out. Of course, out. it was during the shake. Yeah, it was during the shake. His <laughs> adrenaline was spiking, and then he fucking whatever. Yeah. So they didn't bring Bianca out when he passed out, but they took him to the trainer's room, and they did a segment later where Zelina and her guys were outside, and Bianca comes out of the door with her husband. She goes, uh-uh, you got one chance to tell me what's going on. And then she started talking, and you, I'll, I'll never forget this because it's hilarious. As Zelina's bullshitting her, she starts taking off the earrings. Oh, she's about to answer. And she the, starts to yeah, she starts taking off the earrings, and the interviewer walks the fuck off because she knows it's about to, to go down. The <laughs> only thing like, I didn't yeah. like about that, everything was perfect, except she shoved her and didn't hit her. Yeah, okay, yeah. That face, was, yes, I would have sold it to That's me. Because like, you're you telling me I'm right going to push it. you yeah. after all that? Nah, B. That is like, that, that is like the clue. <laughs> like, there's two clues when, when a female is about, is a, is about to it's beat about some It's about to go the down. Ear, the earrings come out. And the heels come off. <laughs> the most talented ones can leave the heels on, though. There you yeah, go. But no, but no you, t- you take them <laughs> off, and then you put it in your hand and use it as a weapon. Now I just, now I just show Are you sure? I, I don't know if the statute of limitations is done on that. You might want to check. <laughs> so, what, what, are, what are we talking about here? Uh, Danielle already stated she thinks the Street Profits are walking away, uh, retaining this. Stephen James, you have a pick. Oh, 100%. I think actually that Andrade and Angel are going to steal this one. I think Ooh. the Street Profits can go somewhere else, and they don't need the titles here. Uh, we've kind of exhausted everything that they can do with the title. And you make it 
a, a blood feud even further. Not only did you poison my man, right. you know, now you've taken our titles. Now we have everything. So now they're on the chase. So I think that that would be better. You extend this a little bit more because I think Andrade and Angel uh, Garza are actually pretty good together. Somehow it works. And I'd like to see more. This might be the case of, hoping that the titles make the team, but I think that it might be a jump start that they desperately need at this point. Matt, you're saying that the Street Profits retain? (sighs) To me, they're they're more of the solid team. So I feel like the the WWE, especially the Raw side, needs a more solid team to carry the belts. So I'd rather have the Street Profits retain. Yeah, it just seems, for myself, it just seems that, Andre, that Andrade and Angel Garza were two singles wrestlers. So, yeah, just put it together, and especially because they're Spanish. You have a built-in like thing. You have a built-in way to excuse or to protect the street profits with the poisoning. He's not at a hundred percent. He's still going through the ramifications of that, so they still can come out strong here. Yeah, that's why I think they're going to win because he's going to say, "Oh, I wasn't a hundred percent. I still beat you." It's the flu mm-hmm. game. <laughs> This is Jordan. Yeah. All right, I can see, I can see that. I disagree personally, but I actually I, I, think yeah. that Angel Garza and uh, Andrade win the tag titles as well, more so for the chase. A lot like Stephen was saying, but also the whole vibe of they're just two singles guys pushed together. I don't think they're going to be singles guys moving forward. I think they fell out of love with Andrade. I think they're falling more and more every day in love with Angel Garza. And I think the best way to get Angel over right now would be through that team setting. Zelina's going to talk her shit. If anything, this tag team title win would actually be more of a reward for Zelina than anything else because it's been the Zelina show on Raw since March. Uh, She's been doing promo after promo after promo, saving asses along the way. Uh, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, two fly guys, whatever the fuck they want to call themselves. Uh, what are their names? Two, are two fly guys. Two T O O. Two fly I still guys. Want That's so terrible. And have that person just for one night. One night, whoever it is, it can even be freaking Baron Corbin, I don't care. Have Ricochet face a person and have their name for one night be the flea. Please give it to the me. Flea. <laughs> Ricochet versus the flea. All right, guys. So what we're gonna do right now, let me pull this up. Do-do-do-do. I'm gonna go ahead. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm going to mute my guest for just one second. We're already going to take a pause for the calls here. I'm going to play a couple of commercials here to let you guys. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back into this card when we return. So I'm going to give you guys a few minutes to take out some stuff here about Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Hey, guys and gals. This is Orsini here, and I am keeping my promise for 2020, and I have completely revamped the YouTube channel. That's right, the video aspect of my show, Orsini's Uncensored Mind, on YouTube, all you need to do is head over to youtube.com backslash AJ Orsini 96 host, and you can be a part of all the Orsini programming. Now, every Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, you're going to get not clips, not a best of, not snippets. No, you're going to get a full episode for Throwback Thursdays. I'll be picking episodes from the past, from the past 125 episodes, every Thursday, 3 p.m., 
broadcasted on the YouTube channel to check out. Also, on Tuesdays, you're going to get a special treat. Some original content, some stuff that's not even on Podbean. You know, if, if you've been listening to my show for a while, you know me and my wife have a fantastic chemistry together, a fantastic life. You're going to get a chance to see some of that. Every Tuesday, 3 p.m., we turn on the camera and we have ourselves some after-work discussions. Every Tuesday, 3 p.m., you're going to get a chance to see that. I'm going to be back on the road soon, so there's going to be some special interviews, some exclusive behind-the-scenes footage. It's going to be but banana sandwich on the youtube channel all you need to do again is head over to youtube.com backslash aj orsini 96 host that's all you need to do and you can be a part of the squad of o on a visual aspect listen guys this is entertaining stuff head over there check it out and enjoy AJ Orsini here, and I am the host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind every Saturday night, 9 p.m., and I gotta tell you, when I first started this podcast way back when, I didn't know where it would go. I didn't know where this would take me, but I am proud to tell you that this has been a committed weekly episodic podcast for the last two years and running. It's been downloaded in over 30 countries with several thousand downloads to its name. All people need to do is head over to ajoum.pondbeat.com and they are blasted with some audio pro wrestling goodness. Now, I have had great experiences in the past with sponsors and I'm looking for more. As a matter of fact, I could be looking for you. So if you would like to get your business information out there to the masses, to the fans, to the squad of O, all you need to do is send me an email over to ajorcini96host at gmail.com. We are ready to do business. Hey guys, Orsini here, and you know when you're about to do a big presentation, a big speech in front of a large auditorium of people, and you, you start getting nervous, and your your palms get all sweaty, and you start to forget your speech in your head, and, and people always tell you, you know, when you get up there and you start to feel a little, a little nervous, all you need to do is picture or imagine the entire room naked, and it makes you feel better. Well, all of that is completely bonk and false. What will make you feel better is if you uh, picture everyone in front of you that audience wearing Orsini's Uncensored Mind official t-shirt. You should wear one too. All you need to do is head over to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash AJOUM and you can get this nice, comfortable, cotton, sleek, gray tee and you can wear it to all of your social functions. You can wear it to work. You can wear it to go see your kids that you're not even paying attention to. It's obvious. It's the obvious choice. It's the attire that everyone should be wearing. Orsini's Uncensored Mind and that's the t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com com backslash A-G-O-U-M. I- I'm serious. You-, you might be good parents, but you should still buy this shirt. Ooh. Alrighty, so we're going to come back here and boop. I'm back here. <laughs> Apparently, I left my video on, so I hope you guys enjoyed my chair. So here we go, moving on forward with, uh, I'm going to ask my guests here to unmute themselves. We have to talk she, about... She escaped. <laughs> We're going to get right back into this. My video is still not on. Why is that? I clicked you a thousand times. There you go. All right, the boy is back. So uh, we have something that we desperately need to try to make sense of. Okay, there's some confusion going on. So here we go. We're going to go to try ahead and try to make some sense. So the WWE Raw Women's Championship... And the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship 
all on the line with the same person. So, if we can follow the timeline here, Asuka wins the WWE Raw Women's Championship via briefcase. She holds the championship. She eventually loses the chat title to Sasha Banks. But did she really? No. <laughs> no? Go ahead. If I, did I get that wrong? No, she uh, Well, she lost it technically, That's but she saying. lost it via countout. Right. Well, I want, my point was before that. First, oh, I'm sorry. First, she uh, lost because so Bailey because Bailey decided on this night she's a referee. So we just that's just how that happened. All of a sudden, right. she's just a referee. No license. So, so nope. They didn't do any of those bogus. Uh, you know, I heard <laughs> Bailey uh, got licensed earlier just for that one reason. Nope, no bullshit lie for anybody. Just she's a ref because she. Beat up Bandito Jr. and took his referee shirt <laughs> and uh, became a referee. And then they said, okay, well, next week we'll decide a real champion and then gave it to her anyway via countout when uh, Kyrie Sane got beat up in the back and Asuka got counted out. And then Sasha became the Raw Women's Champion. Now, we all know Bailey's been champion for about 17 years. She's the SmackDown Live champion. They are the World Tag Team Champions, so that made... Uh, please see if I can get this correctly. Two belt banks and Bailey dose straps. Yes. Those were the two champions. Golden uh, role models. The golden role models, which they were before uh, the, the double gold thing when they when they first got back together. I hope this is... I hope this is... Into like a WrestleMania match, we both have the belts and the tag team belts. Well, if you're not confused yet by my description, I've got more. So... Uh, <laughs> So Asuka loses the Raw Women's Championship and then decides that uh, she's going to win a match to get a shot back at Sasha for her Raw Women's Championship. But, by the way, Sasha is not a Raw competitor and should have never been in a position to win a Raw title, but I digress. So because of that rule, Asuka decides, well, if she's a SmackDown competitor and she's the Raw champion, I now want to decide out of the fucking blue, because apparently I can, that I, too, am a SmackDown competitor. So I am going to head over to SmackDown. I'm going to win a battle royal I was never entered into in the first place, <laughs> and I'm going to get a shot at Bailey, also at SummerSlam. And all of this is being upheld by some unnamed, unknown entity. So the ghost Asuka, of Jack Bunny is yeah, sick the, right He's now. spinning in his grave, uh, <laughs> Zangief style. So... The Raw Women's Championship is on the line against Asuka. The SmackDown title is on the line against Asuka. But they have been very adamant in letting you know this is not a triple threat match. There will be two separate matches on this card where Asuka will be competing for championships. Now, that does not mean that they can't do the old okey-doke where Asuka faces, I'll say, Sasha first beats her down, maybe Asuka either wins or loses, doesn't matter, and then Bailey comes in after the fact to try to get that match going there. There's a lot of storytelling that you can do there uh, involved with two matches. But we do have a situation where two women's championships are on the line, the same number one competitor, I just beat the shit out of my mic right now, <laughs> the same uh, in-ring uh, number one contender for both, so we have, I'm going to compress these two. We'll talk about both of these uh, matches at the same exact time. Ian Miller has been very vocal in the chat. It was a three-brand three brand battle royal, which made her legal to win. Okay, Ian, Ooh. I know that it was a three-brand battle royal. They did that for aesthetics. 
That was their loophole to getting Asuka in this situation. There was no other reason for a three-brand battle royal other than sneaking her into this just because how often, Ian, do they do three battle brands, three brand anything yeah. on any of these shows? A three-brand battle royal for number one contender. Yeah, for a one specific championship. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, we're going to put three brands of women to compete for the one title. So that means they have no number one contenders on SmackDown. They had to include every female who has ever existed in the wrestling world to compete against Bayley because she's unbeatable. No one can beat Bailey. Bailey dose straps. Uh, Steven. Yes. You visibly just showed. I'm glad we have a video aspect so that they could see your face when you when you heard all this. Such sustain. This, this was clearly a ploy to get Oscar into this situation. Everyone complains up and down. Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, Sasha. I'm done. Give me something else. Well, here's the next female to shove down the fucking cannon. Oscar. She now gets compa- uh, 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 two title shots here on the same pay-per-view. No, now that I'm thinking about it, and you guys have your cheat sheets there, but uh, I don't think a competitor has ever received two championships same SummerSlam. I don't think it's ever been done. Oscar's breaking new. Oscar's breaking new ground here. But do you think she walks out with two? You think she walks out with one, or do you think she comes out with the donut? I think she uh, walks out with at least Bailey's. Uh, I think Sasha will retain hers. Uh, so that seeds the so of, well, I still have this and you don't. Then they lose the tag straps. And as they work towards whatever the uh, eventual breakup is, I will say this, though, aside from her NXT run, this is the best Bailey has ever been as far as consistency on she the grew mic into and it. in the ring. Oh, hell yeah. She grew hell yeah, 100%. into it. She grew For into sure. it because that character sucked when it started. Yeah, she found I'm herself. This now, yeah, what she's, she's doing uh, now, she's currently, hitting it now. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. yeah, and you know, you're absolutely right with the fatigue thing. They're gonna do the same thing to Oscar here. When you've got guys, when you got ladies on on the side, like you've got a Bianca Belair, you've got a Naomi, you've got you know a Lacey Evans, like a. a You've got a Carmella. You have these Ugh. other women yeah, there, yeah. like her or not. You they're fresh yeah, Carmella, matchups. And, right. and she does have yeah, yeah. her own pedigree oh, oh. and her own connection with fans, as opposed to giving someone another opportunity. You have no legitimate people who you have built in order to take on your champions. That's a, a, a larger problem that is happening right now on the women's side of the card. Allow me allow me to play devil's advocate with that. Just Do for so. just a second. Is it that they haven't taken the time to develop new stars or are they in love with something new? Give me a minute to explain. The women, for the most part, ever since we, every minute before the revolution, we, we, we know how they were treated. So now the revolution takes place. We have the evolution pay-per-view, their main event in WrestleMania. The Okay, now we're on par, right? They've never had – this generation of women right now is hands down, this is not even debatable, the greatest generation of women's wrestlers of all time. I They've never go. had the opportunity to have, quote-unquote, workhorses in the women's division. We've seen, we saw them do it with Becky. When Becky went down, we saw Charlotte take over, and now she's working all three brands. Is Asuka the new workhorse? Are they now in love with the idea of, well, we know she's a guaranteed, Becky was guaranteed money. Charlotte, 
guaranteed money. Now we lost those two. We need a new one here. Sasuke, guaranteed money. Do Are they too in love with the idea of now we have workers in the women's division. Let's run these bulls to death like we do in the men. Possibly, but I also think what they're doing, and this is the reason why, you know, people were complaining about Charlotte and uh, Sasha in the early goings, trading title wins and stuff like that. That necessarily isn't for then. It's for 10 years from now. They're right. setting up during that period and, and kind of now what's going to be on the Titantron, what's going to be in the signature opening. They're setting up those moments for people that last 10 minutes or 10 years from now. Stuff that you can call back to. They're creating their Hogan era. They're creating their era and they need benchmarks visually. So yeah. if you have Oscar winning, you know, both belts here say that's something that might not seem important now, but you put it on the Titan Tron later or you put it in the signature later. I think that that's the sort of things that they're doing now with Oscar, but it's not sustainable. I think that they are in love with the fact that she can work and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you neglect other people who can work and talk and perform underneath, there's a problem. You've got, you know, tag teams out there for the women. Are you telling me that there aren't two other, uh, any other teams that could have taken that title off of no. Sasha and Bailey? I, no. I don't get it. It also, it also could be simply because, again, of safety. Yes, there are. Yes, there are definitely a lot of women's wrestlers, Bianca Belair, Selena Vega, um, Ray Ripley, Keith you know, Lacey Evans, so on and so forth. That Shayna Baszler. That. Right, Shayna Baszler, that can step into that competitive role. But unfortunately, we're still in a pandemic. So even so, even though, you know, so even though that those particular wrestlers that we just mentioned definitely have the ability and definitely should be built up, they might not feel safe wrestling. They're still wrestling, though. The the Iconics are wrestling. The Iconics are working. Why don't they have tag straps? You know, uh, Liv Morgan and uh, Ruby Riot are now doing something where they're kind of reforming a little bit. Why isn't that something that's being pushed? I I, I don't like when you put all the top belts on one set. I think I just understood what Daniel – I have something to support Daniel's argument because now, now that she said it, it has me thinking. Bailey and Sasha have been working practically all three brands for months. That means yeah. there's more time in that building. It's more time in the performance center uh, until we move to Amway. Amway well, it's the Amway easy, it's easy to walk all three bands now. But, but see, that's the thing. They're, for those who, and I'm not saying for anybody on this panel, I'm saying for anybody who's listening right now, they've been filming these shows. They're, for the record, there has been no SmackDown Live. Okay? So, so that everyone is aware for the last, what are we in now, going into September soon, so we're talking about six months now of, of the whole pandemic deal. They've been pre-taping everything. There hasn't been any live shows for that exact reason because they're trying to monitor who's coming in, who's coming out. We have now learned that from the beginning of this, they've done a poor job of the monitoring, but at least they've been doing the fake bullshit. Now we're doing the real stuff. Now we're really monitoring. The shows are being taped at different times throughout the day, throughout the week. It's not the same as when you do loops from town to town and, you, and you're there from 8 to 11. Da, 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 da. It's literally, what, 8 in the morning to damn near midnight. I'm sure they're there 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning yeah, every day. <laughs> to be on all three brands means you're there all fucking day. 
And if I had concerns about my health and being in that building, that would be actually a pretty a pretty big contention of saying, if I'm going to be the women's the the the, the especially the women's tag team championship, because the Raw tag team champion, you only have to appear on Raw. On SmackDown, you only have to appear on SmackDown. The the women's championships, for some eyeball reason, is a three brand title, which means you have to appear on all three brands at some point in time, which Bailey and Sasha both have done. Over the course of the last six months, even before they became the tag team champions. So I'm not, I don't necessarily agree, Danielle, with what you said. But if, but if, when you said that, it made me think to my head, that could be an actual legitimate reason. It's all all a safety standpoint. Yeah, I don't mind facing the champions, but to be the champion means that I'm required to be there all the time. Honestly, yeah, and I'm not still, They're that. still there. Those and people who are still deserving no, of opportunities not, and they're, they're getting, they're right. still working. But they're not in the facility. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. There are definitely people on the roster that should be pushed and should be given the opportunity to wrestle. The thing is, though, is that majority of the majority of the roster WWE and majority of the women of WWE live in Florida. And the majority of them don't have to travel. And if Bal- if Bailey, Sasha, and Asuka are in the building, you know, for from 8 a.m. to 12, and let's say Rhea Ripley, just gonna just gonna throw out that name. Let's say Rhea Ripley is not there and has not been there for like two weeks. Let's say she went home and then she comes back. You have all of you have all those questionnaires where she's gone, where she whatever, you know, and the whole thing. So it's just keep so even though it's stale, because again, you're pushing Oscar down everyone's throat again. Like But it's not their fault. It's not their fault that they're stale. I mean I mean six months ago, six six months ago, six months ago, we would have never known, like we would have never. I don't think SummerSlam would have been what they think it is today. Like I'm pretty sure the card was totally different six months. Remember, ago we didn't have a building pandemic. for SummerSlam until a week ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We didn't even know where so, we were going to be. I, yeah, and so it's not their fault that we. It's not their fault that we should get Oscar shoved down his throat. There's right. nobody else. Who There's else? Nobody else? And that's and that's simply and that's simply I think is simply because of safety. Am I a fan of Oscar? Yes. It should she you know should she be push down our throats like they tried to do with Nakamura, for example, for whatever particular reason, they, you know, try to take a diverse person and try to push down throat. Diverse. They take a diverse uh, talent and push down throat because for whatever particular reason, you know, but the thing is though, is that, I love that Maddie made I think, Tam, I, I, I think that the reason why this is happening and the reason why Oscar is having two matches, you know, no, I, I, is simply because of safety. Again, I'm not talking about Oscar. I wasn't talking about. I'm talking about the tag straps. If you're saying that you know the Iconics and Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan are working. They're still in the building filming. That's they might not be I in there for trying. three brands, but they're still in there. They still have to go through not, that's the process. The that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to explain. They're not in there all day. Not all day. They come in, but they, they still gear have up, to go they do the their process. shit, and they fucking leave. They're not in there all fucking day. Yeah, but the process I mean, it's kinda, to get uh, into the building, what I'm saying right. is the process to get into the building, period, right. is the same to do one brand as it is to do three brands. 
Right, but to so do they all still have to get tested the same amount of time. So the right. safety precautions no, are exactly the no, same. No, they're not getting precautions the same amount of times. That's what I'm saying. Because when no, you they're not. when you you get precautioned when you come into the building, if you were working all three brands, but they were playing they were playing it safe, right? So you do your shit, you leave. You do your shit, you leave. That means you're getting processed. You're getting swabbed three times a day. What kind of an asshole wants to be swabbed three oh, times a day? So in well, order for you to do so in order for you to do all three brands, you get swabbed at 8 a.m. and you fucking stay put until you're done for the day and then you leave. And I don't know if everybody wants to fucking sit there for 10 fucking hours in the same building surrounded by all these assholes all fucking day. Especially, now let's not forget also, WWE, of all the wrestling companies that have worked wrestling shows throughout the pandemic, I'm including Indy, New Japan, who's working at 50 capacity, AEW, the WWE is the only company to spike and have a positive test. And that's not just one positive test. Some people in that company have tested positive multiple times. Kayla, yeah, Braxton, Kayla Braxton has had it twice. So if I'm in the WWE, yes, I'm a little fucking concerned being in that building all fucking day. I'm not well, saying it's, that they it's not be concerned. I'm saying that they are there the same. They're there anyway. They have these. But they're not in they're the building using. all the time. That's what she's saying. What she's saying is, is that yeah. to be the champion, that means that you have to be there all day, all the time, and they Getting don't want to be. <laughs> Getting tested three times, and mind you, let's be fair. Most of the tests that they're taking are the presumptive tests. Well, they're not they don't, legitimate uh, tests. In, yeah. in other companies, in other companies, when they when they fly in for their show, they get tested. Now, and they come back rapidly. They get a rapid test, and they get tested. Now, every time they enter the building, they get screened, like other establishments, like a safe for a hospital. They get screened for certain things, like they take your temperature. They actually haven't been anywhere. They make sure you're wearing so your we're clear. Hold on, hold on. So we're clear because you said rapid test with this disgusted face. Okay, hold on one second because myself, I don't think I've said this on the show yet, too. By the way, so we're breaking ground here. So for those of you who listen <gasps> to my news. show, this is new information, but. Myself and my wife, because we work um, a particular job, <laughs> Danielle knows. Uh, K-Fabe. And, yeah, K-Fabe. Uh, we have to be tested before we go back into our, our, right, our job. Let's go. Right, so we sure. took, <laughs> we, took we, we took the rapid, the, the, the rapid results test, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when we went in, we, they had two, two swabs, short swab, long swab. Two swab. Oh, the long swab is worse. Short swab is for the rapid test. That's going to give yeah. you a preliminary reading now. Long swab is for the, the regular standard 7 to 10 day lab results test. So yeah. we're all clear. The, the test is the same exact fucking test everywhere. That's why this country is so fucked because we have a shortage of the same now, fucking test. It's the same test. Now, one, I have a question one, for you. Hold on one second. When they give you the preliminary, which is the short one, they take the short test, right? They do the short swab. They put it in. That's the one they test immediately to give you a preliminary result. The lady looked at me like this with the face. Preliminary, which means we can go out of the way with this. This is what it reads now. So the process is I'll tell you today what it might look like. In two to three business days, I will tell you with a little bit more certainty 
it's probably going to stay the same or it might change depending on the result. In seven to ten business days, I will give you your final result. So when people hear rapid test, please do not be afraid of the fact that it, it's not the right test. It's all the same fucking tests. They're just taking two different swabs to give you an idea now of what it might be in the usual seven to ten days. I had and it, to, also, it also gives an opportunity for insurance to hit you again with Right, insurance. because what happens is, is if you pop on the preliminary, you can start making your plans. Why wait seven to ten days and spread it to 8,000 more people? Here's an idea of what it might look like. So you get a preliminary test, which means right now there's nothing to worry about. Two to three days, that decision may change. We'll let you know. If it's positive after that, then you know something was up. And then in seven to ten days, you get a final result. Did you have to take the antibody test too? I've taken both, which was a blood test. The antibody test was a blood test. I took yeah. both. Now, here's the reason why I took both. The job only required me to take the first one. I okay. took the antibody because I have a kid and I want to make sure because he's going back. Okay. So yeah. I took oh, that so on my own. Yeah. So are you, are you you're sending him back for like full-blown? We're going off on a tangent, but yes, he's going back full-blown. <laughs> <laughs> he has to go back full-blown because I have to go back. So we're all oh, yeah, going back. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So I don't want to get off topic, but here, uh, Danielle, uh, I already asked Steven. He gave me his answer. Danielle, does Oscar walk out with one, two, or zero belts? One. Which one? Because Steven suggests I, that Oscar's walking out I, the I SmackDown think Live. I World think Oscar is going to walk. I'm going to say she's going to walk back off with Raw. She's going to win. She's going to win the raw belt back. <laughs> Fuck you, Sasha. <laughs> yeah, but, you know because that because then it's like you know, so Sa- that Sasha Sasha's going to throw up a, a tantrum if that happens. Whole, so that you could start the whole Sasha versus Bailey thing again on SmackDown. I think they're leaning towards Sasha Bailey for WrestleMania. This yes. is the match they've been wanting for a long fucking time. They finally 100%. have. They finally have the right momentum. They started that tease on. Uh, SmackDown yesterday. Yep. There's a lot going on with that, but I actually uh, I think Daniel's hitting on the head. Matt, does she walk out with one, two, or zero? I think it's pointless for her to walk out with just one belt. So it's either going to be both belts or nothing at all. So I, I, I personally would rather have, you know, Sasha and Bailey carry the belts until next WrestleMania than have that huge, you know, finally face off at WrestleMania with both of them having the title. Maybe unify it or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think it would be better pay off for that. Because it will be pointless for them just to give away, you know, let her have one belt and then one person has one belt, but they both have tag team belts. It should be both. They lose both or I, I she actually, just lose both matches. I actually don't think it's pointless. I actually have a story. Again, I, I have this curse. I was born with this curse of always trying to make some sense of wrestling storylines yep. i've been doing this since the 80s this is not this is something that i've just been born with I, I, I got hell i get hell for it every time just like when i sat on this show and tried to make sense of the seth rollins fiend finish at the hell in a cell i i get i get this shit all the time but i can see oscar this is why i prefaced this question by saying one match into the other because that's the way that i see this going i see oscar and sasha going the limit going full force Full on, and it might, technically speaking, looking at the card, Asuka Sasha might be the best wrestling match on the show going into SummerSlam. We can debate it, I'm sure. But 
pure technical just just wrestling match. They've already proved that they're better than most of the guys, so I'm anticipating a great match from that. I think Sasha prides herself in being quote unquote a workhorse. I could see them going back and forth. I can see Bailey trying to interject and that causes Sasha the match. Oscar wins the championship. They beat her down. Bailey wants to have the match right now. Fuck it. A la a money in the bank, so to speak. Pushing the issue. She's the long-term champ. She calls the shots. Heals shit. Da -da 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 -da. She gets in there and Bailey beats Asuka. And now the question becomes, well, hold on a second. I, I helped you. I kind of put Asuka on a silver platter Oof. for you. And, uh, you know, you weren't really much help in me defending my championship. And I can see that fuckery moving forward with the tag titles where Sasha's the one that gets pinned, costing the tag titles. And I can see Sasha Bailey for the SmackDown championship down the line, whether it be the Rumble or even WrestleMania. What kind of friend are you? What kind of partner Draw are you? Draw the fuck out. Because this is the match they I both wanted for a back. long time. Why didn't you watch mine? Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. The same thing, just reverse the titles. Just reverse the shows. The titles and keep I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to go off topic there. real quick, but this chick on NXT almost killed herself. She like landed on Oh, top. you're watching it she, too. Is everyone yeah, she, watching both? She, if they're she, watching I don't know my how, stream I don't know and the she, fucking she, thing. Cause I'm I'm good she, with both. My numbers right now, I'm looking at my preliminary numbers for this stream and I'm okay with it. So if you guys want to watch both, I am not gonna tell you not to. As a matter of fact, if you're in the chat right now or if you're watching this live, if you want to update us, because it seems like Matt has it in front of him. So if you want to update us on what's going on Steve, in the chat, I don't know how she's wrestling. I can't wait to watch TakeOver when this I shit is over. I, I, cannot, I cannot watch NXT TakeOver at this time because if I do, I have a sinking suspicion. My wife, I will go, fuck you. I'm going to drop. <laughs> <laughs> she went for like a backflip and like she didn't like turn all the way over and she landed like right on her head. Ian's doing both. Ian said, uh, I am, LOL. She died. Nolan is telling her. Yo, Matt. Yeah, she died. Yo, Matt. Matt. Nolan's in the stream. Matt. Matt's Nolan's commenting right now on the stream. He's checking out the live stream. What's up, Nolan? A-K-N-Y forever, brother. Uh, let's move on to the next match. We only have three matches left, and then we can talk about some old school SummerSlam here. We only have three matches left, so let's talk about this one. The one that's really being forced. Let's get into this, because I got some real big fucking issues with this. Okay? <sighs> Dominic Mysterio. In the ring. The six-foot-two infant. He looks like such a fucking child. They had to airbrush facial hair on him on the program on the on the fucking graphic. It was hilarious. Are you talking Ray's son? I'm talking yes. Ray's come cream cream pie come back to roost on all of us. Because, or Eddie Guerrero's son. Or, or is it? Hmm, or is it? Or is it? So Dominic Mysterio, technically <laughs> speaking, is the veteran in this matchup since he made his SummerSlam debut in 2005. Uh, for some reason, Dominic was a bleach blonde. I don't know why an eight-year-old would have a bleach blonde job. Frosted tips, bro. Frosted, Frosted tips. tips. It was just I've the had, way I've had students come in with crazy hair colors, and I deal with five and six-year-olds. He's a well, big fan of Michael right. Cole in the uh, late 90s. So it might have been It might have been because he's a kid, and they didn't want people to recognize him in the public. <laughs> Maybe. That might have been it. Maybe. That might have been it. it. I, mean, who, I mean, the face didn't change, just his hair, but fuck it. You know, whatever. But he... he never know. Dominic Mysterio was the veteran in this matchup. He made his WWE debut in 2005. So he's, I'm, I'm assuming Dominic's going to go in the ring and stretch this young kid out and show he's him. Gonna he's yeah, going to call it. Exactly. He's going to call the match, and uh, hopefully Seth can keep up and keep along with him. <laughs> and uh, Dominic Mysterio, who will be 
uh, are flagged, as we found out last night. He will be uh, have his dad, Rey Mysterio, in his corner. Uh, for those of you who have not figured it out yet, yes, it's not a sh- it's not fake. It's a shoot. Dominic Mysterio is a contracted WWE superstar. What that means after this match, no. I will explain after we divulge into this matchup. But as of right now, let's just take it for face value. Dominic Mysterio will be competing one-on-one with Seth Rollins, who will have Murphy. Uh, not RoboCop. It'll be regular Murphy, Buddy Murphy, in his corner. Damn. In a no-disqualification street fight. Now, can I just preface this conversation by saying, because I haven't had a chance to talk about this. I've been saving it for the roundtable. Can I have the fans' attention for just one second? A child... Now, he's a grown man, technically speaking. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm saying child because of his look. He has a very white meat baby face look, which is fantastic. But a a, a person getting whipped by a kendo stick about 30 times, I hate to break it to you fans, that ain't paying dues. It's a nice start. I'm going to give it to you. It's a nice start. Getting beat like that and taking it on the chin and he fed for every fucking one. I'll give him all credit due, motherfucker. That was a tough job. But you ain't paid a fucking due yet. And I'm sure his dad is in his ear telling him that same shit. You're going to have to eat a lot of shit for a number of years. Let us not mistake. You are the son and they said it on SmackDown and I'll push it further. I'm sorry. They said it on Raw. Joe said it on Raw. I'll push it further. Rey Mysterio is considered the greatest luchador of all time. Do you want to make an argument? We can do this. Not tonight. We'll do. Well, I'll, I'll do a whole luchador episode if necessary. Say, uh, of, all, of all time. All of fucking all time. time. Not Hello? another fucking mask. Not another mm. fucking mask. No. I agree. I have farther than Eddie. I'm sorry. Farther than fucking Eddie. No. I can't say that because he took off the mask. No, uh, uh, for a fucking minute. Relax. Hold on. Uh, no, you can't forget <laughs> it. You can't forget it. He, he's, can't forget he's, it. he's, he's, he's. I, I will make. Uh, and, and it he can be argued. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna state it as a fact. The greatest luchador. I'm not gonna state it as a fact, but I can make the argument. He's the greatest fucking luchador of all time. When you are the son of the greatest luchador, luchador of all time. And there's quite a few luchadors who have experienced this. El, El Hijo de Santos. There's a lot of Mexican wrestlers who are El Hijo de Fantasma. There's a lot of luchadors Bronco. down the line. Bronco <laughs> Internacional. Oh, he's the greatest. <laughs> he's up there. He's top five. He is, uh, uh, there's a lot of great... Uh, um, <laughs> A lot of you fucked me up with Bronco. Hold on. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. It got me too. He, not I'm not going to lie. That popped me huge just now. But uh, there's a lot of luchadors who have experienced this. Nolan said, I have a few names on that lucha list. There's a lot of names on the list who have had to come after famous luchadors in the past. And he's going to be another one. He's going to have quite an uphill battle. Not just from the lucha side, because remember, Ray has respect from the Mexican community. Dominic does not. He may get the respect after this match from the American audiences, but to be accepted as a luchador, he's going to have to travel a lot more than just WWE circles. He has quite an uphill uphill battle for him. The only... Right now, he's just Ray Mysterio's son. Right now, he's just Ray Mysterio's son. 
the only and is Dominic is, as far as the expectations. Is really. Dominic like his wrestler name? No, and I will expand upon that after this match. But let's just talk more solely right now about this particular match: Seth Rollins versus Dominic Mysterio. They've had quite a bit of build up to this. Obviously, that travesty that was an eye for an eye match. I'm gonna pull this chair back because I'm getting a wedgie. Uh, uh, <laughs> there, there's, there's been a lot of buildup from this matchup. There's been a lot of segments dedicated to it. A lot of shit going on. Uh, I don't know how much you guys have been following it, but uh, I'm gonna start with you, Maddie Ming, uh, because oh, he disappeared. No, he's back right again. Here, yeah. Oh, here it is. Look at that. El hijo de fantasma. So he, I was going to my cheat sheet that you created. Thank you. So you know what? Do you want to go to the cheat sheet first? I'll pass somebody else and come back. No, I'm ready. I'm, re I'm ready, ready to go. go. He's a professional. Look at this guy. Let him, look at him go. So in your honest opinion, how much, scale of 1 to 10, how much heavy lifting from Seth Rollins are we going to need for this match to be passable? No, I think it's going to be a great match. I'm pretty sure Ray Mysterio is not going to let his yeah Ray Mysterio is not going to let his son go out there and lay an egg. He's probably prepared. They probably going over the match like several times. It's probably going to be like a five star match. I I'll be I'll be shocked if it's a, a anything less than a four star match. I'm with you. <laughs> there's no there's no there's no way there's no way Ray Mysterio lets his son go out on WWE. This is stage with his first match on SummerSlam and lay an egg. There's no way. Yeah, no this way. is no, it's it, more. It it's more important to Seth's career, I think, than anything else, because this is his really his first opportunity to make a star. If he's the guy, this is really his first opportunity to make someone fully. And he's been doing fantastic work in the Monday Night Messiah gimmick. He had a promo where he uh, called out Tom Phillips and Samoa Joe had to step in and their interaction. He's been fucking lights out for me this entire time. So I think that both of these guys are going to come in prepared. They're going to come in ready. And I think that this might steal the show. I'm with you, Ming. You think it might steal the As I did show. my water. I, thank yes. you. Danielle, where do you stand on this, man? Set these boys straight. What's going on? Tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. I can't see I it. want you I to can't. apologize and eat crow when you're wrong. You know I will, Steve. You know I will. I You'll know. be the first one I text. If, if <laughs> I'm not saying the match is going to be bad. but And Ian Miller, who's in the chat, who's been very vocal, so I got to thank him for being as vocal as he's been. Remember, Dominic was trained by Lance Storm. With all due respect, Ian, that means absolutely shit. Yeah. Running yeah. the ropes and taking a few bumps and learning from who is arguably one of the best trainers in the world today. Uh, uh, how to perform the act. This is what I keep telling people, and if you listen to my show, hopefully after tonight, Ian, because I know Danielle brought you here, but if you uh, listen to a few more episodes, I'll, I'll gladly educate the individuals and let everyone know. Uh, as a matter of fact, since we have so many new listeners here tonight, let me just go ahead and say I personally have been in the business well over 10 years. Uh, I've had the ear of many individuals, Mick Foley, Ricky Steamboat, Ted DiBiase. I've been, I've been in the business for a long time. I've trained with the best. I've been with the best. This is not some random-ass podcast by some individual who's just a fan of the sport. Brother, I am in it. So when I tell you this, it's with all 100% honesty. Being trained by Lance Storm will save Dominic's life. 
Because being in that ring, you need to know how to protect yourself and protect your opponent. But being trained by Lance Storm does not mean he is going to go to SummerSlam in his first ever matchup and bomb these fucking audience away with this amazing brazen fucking performance. It's going know. to take a little something special. Now, if you take that training from Lance Storm and combine it with Mysterio Genetics, you, there might, you, go. you might get something special, but I'm not anticipating that. Danielle, how does this match go for you? Do you think that Seth Rollins does a whole lot of heavy lifting, or do you agree with the two gentlemen here that this is going to be an even-keel, awesome match? I think Seth is going to be doing a whole lot of heavy lifting. Thank you, goddammit. The only sensible person uh, on the Zoom. Make, make Dominic look good. I'm muting the other two fucks. Let Danielle speak. Hold on a second. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. So. I mean, it's Ray, a different Ray, realm. of course, is going to be out there because, again, it's his son. And you and, know Ray's calling some of this you know, shit for and Dominic Ray, and Seth. And Ray, yeah, and Ray's going to call some of this. You know, but in all due respect, Dominic did not, quote-unquote, as you said earlier, Pay dues. No, he got he got in he got into WWE simply because of who his father is. Shut your face, Stephen. He hasn't paid him. But does he really <laughs> have to pay dues? Yes, to do with being able to put on a good match. Paying I mean, your dues yeah. has nothing no. to do with it. Not what and really does he really have to pay his no, dues? Pay, like really, well, paying your dues does not have anything to do with putting on a great match. Unfortunately, though, he does not have the experience to put on. A that's great where the paying the dues comes in so because he didn't pay them. That's why I say yes. Danielle's one hundred percent right. That's why Seth let me is say doing the thing. heavy lifting because he hasn't been around long enough to carry his weight. Can you yeah. now, by saying this? Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. By saying this, what you're saying is is that by genetics alone. He's going to be able to go in there with Seth freaking Rollins and carry his fucking weight. Former I'm, Ring of Honor World Champion. I'll tell you why. Former Universal I'll tell you Champion. Why. Former I'll WWE Champion. Why. Former Royal Rumble winner. Dominic, because he was a result of a Rey Mysterio cream pie 20 years ago, he can carry his fucking weight with Seth Rollins. You don't, You're you being don't disrespectful to you the just, Monday Night Messiah. You don't think that he's been nurtured his entire life? That may be business? so, but that doesn't no. make you a fucking champion. It doesn't. So how did it? How did it work for Kurt Angle? How did it work bumps. for Kurt Angle? Kurt Angle's a freak. Are you telling me Dominic Mysterio Wait, was on par with Kurt me, Angle? We don't. You have no clue yet. There's neither no, does he. Me, he doesn't have a clue yet. Let me. Let me Go ahead, Matt. Let me say this one thing. This is why it levels the playing field. Let me say this one thing why it levels the field for, uh, for Dominic. First of all, I hope that Dominic is not wrestling name because that's just horrible. Like, no, I they're going to change that. I was trying to Second save all, it, but he's going with Prince Mysterio as opposed to Rey. Rey is, is, okay, Rey, Rey is king in also, so he's going with Prince, right. Which I like. I think that's the, fits better. The yeah. one thing that's the one the one thing that's gonna lay is gonna level the playing field for Dominic as far as his performance. This is not last year's SummerSlam. This is not two years ago SummerSlam. This is a SummerSlam where they fucking basically it's like a training session. So it's not gonna be the same as him debuting against uh, in front of sixty thousand people. This is already this is a this is a regular fucking match for him. This is a training session match. Who the fuck doesn't have five star matches with training? Okay, this is not <laughs> this okay. This is not this, this is, is not fucking... uh, this is not in front of sixty thousand people at the regular SummerSlam. Okay, I can go out there right now and have a five star match with Seth Rollins with five people in the uh, in the audience. Here's that's where, exactly the same thing. Here's where yeah. I disagree <laughs> with you. Here's where I disagree with you because in the mind of seventy one year old, not even seventy one, I think he's in the seventies, Vince McMahon. In the mind of Vince McMahon. 
there are 60,000 fucking people out there watching this match. And if Dominic was to go out there and lay a fucking egg, as you suggest that he won't, and, he I'm, won't. Not, and I'm not going to co-sign that he is, who knows what we'll get. But if he does, oh. fuck City. He is in trouble. The point, the point that I think uh. Uh, Ming was making is the fact that we've heard it in other sports, the adrenaline dump, the octagon adrenaline dump. He doesn't have to worry about getting performance anxiety or Lars Sullivaning it up and having a panic attack or any of that, that's out Ooh. the window. He's performing comfortably in front of his, his peers. He's performing comfortably. He's got his dad at ringside. The thing that's going exactly. to fuck Dominic up more than anything is he has more expectations against him than anybody else besides a second generation besides Charlotte Flair. Let me tell. Let me. Let only me. one, on, not even finish. Randy Orton, because Cowboy Bob Orton was never at the level of either one of them, Eva Ray or a, a Ric Flair. He has let more expectations you. against him than anybody. You're you're talking about performance anxiety and being comfortable in front of your peers and everything. Let me bring you. Let me bring up a little story from my past. My brother, who was a competitive swimmer in high school, okay, competitive swimmer in high school. He Michael Phillips. No, not my oh, not Phillips. Uh, I didn't know. That's the only person I knew. No, I'm sorry. He was a competitive swimmer while in high school. He was winning his meet. He was winning his meet. He looks out of he looks out of the ring. He looks out of the out of the pool, sees our mom in the crowd, and then goes into another lane and loses. <laughs> Just be, me, so just be so just because he is wrestling in front of his peers doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to have performance anxiety as well as be nervous. That, that story on, is not wonderful, but it, it doesn't relate, and here's why. Swimming isn't a performance that is based on crowd participation. It's a completely different thing. It's a lovely story, but the analogy does not mesh. I'm come sorry. On, come on, you guys are not ready. experience. Hold on, go ahead. You guys are not ready for crowd entertainment. The anxiety from the crowd because it's a, a performance that relies on the crowd. Hold on. Matt, are you guys go. you telling me you're not ready? You're not ready for freaking Ray Mysterio to be ringside and say, Come on, Miho. And then Dominic <laughs> up. <laughs> and <do> something. <laughs> you're not ready for that? <laughs> you know that's gonna happen. That's that is gonna happen. Just because he's wrestling years doesn't happen. He's not gonna lay an egg. Yeah, that, but they see I, I, the the story that uh, Danielle just 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 um, shared there may not be apples and apples, but she she does have a point in the sense of the performance anxiety. Dominic's not going out there first. Dominic does not have a blank slate. At the very least, out of an eight match card, and one of them I'm pretty sure might be a pre show match anyway. So you're talking about seven on the main. He's going to be at least third or fourth. There's going to be at least three to four matches before him that are top-tier, elite, pay-per-view-worthy matches. He is going. This is his first all-out match, and he's going against there. He's going against one of the best on the fucking planet. Do not even use the word comfortable in any scenario. There is no comfortability in any of that. If the two of you were getting ready to start a singles match in Doros tomorrow, you'd be uncomfortable. This guy is starting his career. At the Amway Center in front of a Thunderdome filled with fans who are going to be watching and critiquing and judging. And even though there aren't fans in the seats, 
we all know because here we are right now zooming live on Facebook talking about SummerSlam. It ain't about the fans in the seats anymore. It's about the people who are going to be talking about this match forever. Do you think his contract is going to look good if at the end of this he shits the bed or he gets nervous about the fact that he's going to be in there with Seth Rollins, that this whole thing is going to carry over to a good career? His career right now is on the line. If he does yeah, shit absolutely. that bed, it's fucking done. I don't give a shit who. who there's no way he shits the bed. There's I'm not no saying way he shits going to the bed. I don't agree with that. I think there's a very you, big chance he could shit the bed. You really I think have, he'll shit the bed? I think yeah. he can. I think there's a possibility that he sure. could because he's out there with the best. And I don't give a shit how good Seth Rollins is. The whole broomstick thing. Seth ain't that guy. Seth is a fantastic performer. He ain't Flair. He ain't Brett. He ain't Sean. He ain't a guy that can go out there with a broom and do it. Seth his has proven over the course of his career when he's in there with a guy who can carry his weight, it's a great match. If he has to lead, it ain't going to come out the way you think. He needs guys in there that can go for Seth Rollins to be Seth freaking Rollins. And this he's is in the there with the greenest of greenhorns of all time. This so is the knows? last chip on his shoulder. That's what I'm saying. This is and his I don't think he's going to, to be able to lift it. I disagree. He ain't that guy. He's just not. He's a top guy. He's the face of the company at the moment since Big Dog's not around anymore. But I don't think this is – did he just talk himself out of existence? There he is. <laughs> I don't – I think there's a big possibility they can shit the bed on this. Huge, huge possibility. No. I think that there's I think, a possibility. Like, yeah, for sure. But I'm I don't very, think I'm that that's going to happen. I mean, it's always a possibility for for anybody to shit a bet in the match. But I think this, this particular match, it being him being Rey Mysterio's son, there's like there's no way he's shitting the bet. Or Rey Mysterio's going to. The circumstances are built bed. to I guarantee you. Yeah, I'm guaranteed they, they ran through this match at least four times right. Like I get, we're, gonna be we're critiquing doing, everything. I guarantee you, Dominic's, there's no way. Dominic's I think the whole gonna match is going to be scripted. The whole this, this whole match is going to be Dominic doing the most basic shit ever. It's going to be paint by numbers. No, you see that's why. See not. that's why he's going to do some amazing shit for people he's like you who think do. he's going to shit the bed. If he exceeds expectation, that's fantastic. Some green I, horn, just, I have who doesn't know anything. His expectation is so high, though. That's the that's yeah, the problem. My expectations too. are low. I I don't I don't look at Dominic Mysterio when I say. There's a guy who's gonna fucking shock the world. I don't see that. Do I? I think, think for this match plus the story, I think that this could be the best match on the card. I think the story is what's gonna fuck him. Did you see this last week? Oh, where I'm, I'm fighting for the Mysterio name. Was like you're really putting the Mysterio name on him, Ray? You've been fighting for thirty years. The Mysterio name is on Dominic against. Seth he's trying. He's trying to. How, what better way fuck to try me. and make somebody? Fuck me. All right, uh, so I guess the, to make I guess the picks are pretty clear at this point, unless you guys are saying Dominic is going to win as well. <laughs> oh no! Oh okay. You're just saying he's going to have a good showing. You're just going to have a good showing. He just did. He just did get the shit kicked out of him really bad with those Kendall So, so I'm picking Dominic to win. There is no way he wins. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a possibility. Ray got his Ray got his eyeball popped out with a ping pong ball in his hand and all that shit and. and you, so there's there's a possibility Dominic may win. Sure, I if lightning a, was to strike Seth, 
I'll tell you what. I think there's, I think there's a definite possibility. I would be stunned if Dominic fucking won this match. I the old be, one, two, three kid treatment. One, two, three. We got to move on here. We got to move on. We've been yelling at each other this whole match. <laughs> uh, the Universal Championship will compete. Will be competed against uh, in a false count anywhere match at this point. There's a lot of no DQ matches on this card. So we're gonna have to figure out what we're doing with all this. I we didn't even get into the lazy. we didn't even get into the street fight aspect of Dominic and Seth. But yeah, uh, Braun Strowman and Bra and and uh, Bray Wyatt will be competing in a false count anywhere match. Uh, this is the one match they're having that is for the Universal Championship. Uh, Braun Strowman versus the Fiend. Somehow, some way, I knew this was going to happen. I've been saying this for forever. They are finally pulling the trigger on this. They have somehow found a way. We'll see if it works out uh, to make the fiend a baby face in this entire situation. The exactly. the demonic side of Bray Wyatt's brain somehow is now the crowd favorite. Um, the he was cheered in the beginning, but that cheer was more for the ex the unexpectedness of the character and, and, and all that and all that jazz. But now he's literally uh, being portrayed. He's being booked. As a baby face in this situation, and Braun Strowman. Red lights going to be on. I have no, no they, idea. They, they've done a, they've done away I with so. lights for the most part. For the most part, they've kind of toned down the red light. Yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to figure out who Alexa Bliss is going to wind up with here at the end of this because she was such great friends with Braun Strowman, and they had a nice sit down uh, where she uh, gave all this information about what it's like to be friends with Braun and in the ring with Bray at the same time as the Fiend. Alexa Bliss somehow plays a role in all this, but it let's get like, our... Go it, ahead. Sounds, it sounds like someone with the whole Alexa Bliss, Braun Strowman, uh, Fiend thing, that someone was watching old school Beverly Hills 90210, and you have Brandon, and you have Dylan, and then you have Kelly, and then Kelly has to choose, and then at the end, she chooses herself. <laughs> there you go. In the yeah. end, Alexa just wants to better herself as a person. <laughs> that's, that's it just really feels there. like somebody wrote a fanfic and now that's what we're seeing in the booking and i gotta tell you they have found a way to make me care about neither of them <laughs> i care so much less now the the last scene that we're left here with on smackdown is uh bray wyatt's being carried off of the stretcher into an ambulance just to see uh, Bray, uh, the Fiend emerged from the very same ambulance. The ambulance didn't even go anywhere. He just turned into the Fiend. Although I will give awesome credit points to SmackDown for giving me an Adam Pierce uh, at the end of that <laughs> SmackDown. That was pretty cool. Uh, the uh, One of my favorite NWA champions of all time being broadcasted live on SmackDown Live. Uh, but yeah, so we have the... We've had the most unconvincible, uh, unfollowable universal title feud of all time taking place here and this will go down as the blow off but the whole way through Strowman has retained so now the question goes does Braun walk out of this with the championship yet again are we still in a holding pattern with this title until fans come back if we can remember let's recall the original state of the universal championship was supposed to be around Roman Reigns he was supposed to Walk away from WrestleMania, the Universal Champion, defeating Goldberg. Braun Strowman was a literal last-minute replacement for Roman Reigns due to the COVID situation. And this belt, this belt excuse me, has stood fast with Braun throughout this entire interaction. Does that mean 
because of the COVID situation, Braun walks out still Universal Champion? Or are we going to once again make the mistake of putting a championship belt on the Fiend? I think, honestly, that uh, I think Braun will retain because there's no reason really to take it off him yet. And I think uh, I think when Roman comes back, he'll take it off of Braun. Yep. I agree with that 100%. And, and more so even for the reason of the logic, the, the stupidity and the lack of logic that it takes to put a championship on a character like The Fiend, which you're telling me a supernatural horror villain cares about a trinket. It makes no sense to man, me. Man, we no had that. Didn't sense. we have? Didn't you and I have that conversation live one time about the whole? Yep. I think it was after Seth and uh, Fiend, right? We had the yep. same conversation about why he wouldn't care about the belt. They Danielle, do done. you see Braun Strowman walking out once again, Universal Champion? Yes. You see it as well. I th- I think we're all. I think this is the only match. All of us are on the same page. We finally found one where we can all agree. It was page fifty six. <laughs> I know. All the way toward the end here, we finally found a way to get there. Jesus Christ, Braun Strowman. Uh, it is false count anywhere. We have the Thunderdome. Do you still believe, Stephen? I'll go to you with this one because uh, I think you and I have had this conversation before. Because of the Thunderdome. Uh, we have a lot of no DQ matches on here. Uh, Nanny Rose and Sonya Deville, no DQ. We have a, a street fight with Dominic and Seth. False I call a spot. False count anywhere does give us an opportunity for something a little different than the other no DQ matches because now false count anywhere. You can leave the ring. You can go to the back. We've had a swamp match with these two assholes. We've had uh, the cinematic back and forth. Uh, do you see them getting a little carried away with this one and going backstage and all kinds of shit? I think that they're going to augment it with it. I think that this is the first opportunity that they really have to kind of play with it a little bit. And I'm fine with them exploring, mixing the two. That's fine by me. We've seen it with the backyard, uh, backlot brawl, backyard. Uh, which, <laughs> mind you folks, that was a cinematic freaking match. That Sorry. That's a whole WrestleMania to have, by the way. People forget yes. that. So I think that with the Thunderdome screens and all of that stuff, they can play with things a little bit more both inside and outside of the arena, and I think that they will. I think that this match is going to suck on ice. <laughs> suck on ice. I will call a spot, though. I really think that they, somebody's going to get slammed into one of those TVs with the fans, and it's like going to be the greatest thing ever. Oh, that would and be then, dope. I like that. And then somebody, you know, the, the fan will probably have be, some way be screen recording at the time, and they'll probably replay that video over and Damn, over Damn, yo, they fucked up my screen. I can't see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ian Miller in the chat once again. Praise. I, you know, I, I every time I go live, I have a lot of regulars that come on here and comment. I'm going to safely assume all of these assholes are watching NXT right now because I don't have the usual comments or commenters in the chat as I normally do. Steve, you've been in the chat before. You've seen all these different people come in. My normals are not here, which means they're all watching TakeOver. So when I do live again, I'm going to curse them all out when I see them again. But I got some great fans who are in here commenting right now, uh, courtesy of Danielle, who's invited so many people. So thank you, Danielle. Uh, Ian Miller here. Bray is the new generation of Mick Foley with his multiple personalities. Yes and no. no. Yes and well, yes and no. I I, I, more, I get I get the combination. I think, I think but Bray he's... is more. Go ahead, go ahead, Matt. Yeah. 
I think I think Bray is more theatrics. Yeah, you know what? I think and and, and, and Bray had, Bray to me like somebody said it to me the other day, and I forgot who it was. I wish I could give him credit. I can't remember a great Bray Wyatt match, but I can remember great Bray Wyatt moments. Like that that, yes. that was something they said to me a little while ago. It was like as a wrestler, it's hit or miss, but as a performer, as a character, he really fucking gets it. And I think oh, his that's promos where his are great. Is. His promos are fantastic, absolutely. But yeah. even to the point with the moments thing, like the moment with the crab walk with Cena and Cena's reaction, like the first time he did that, the moment of the shield and the Wyatt family standing off and the crowd really organically getting behind both of both of those teams really wanting to see that. But name a spot in that match. Name, you know, a, a chain that was great. Yeah, I, I don't see him as a great wrestler, but he doesn't have to be because he's a great character. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he can done. pull off good matches, like, even good, though, yeah. you know, yeah, nothing's memorable, but he can pull up good matches. It's just that more more when you think about McFoley, you think about big spots because the man killed himself. So yeah. you're always gonna you're always gonna remember McFoley over Bray Wyatt because Bray Wyatt is not jumping off the hell himself. Bray Wyatt is not well, nah, I don't think he'll ever. He has kids. He has kids. So did Mick. And and, and Jojo yeah, hot. Mick didn't and, care about his kids. Let's that's true. And that. JoJo is hot. And I want to be able to feel <laughs> We have one last match that we're going to talk about here. One last match, and this one is for the WWE Championship. (laughs) Drew McIntyre will be defending the championship. I'm trying to walk by it. (laughs) Drew McIntyre (laughs) will defend the WWE Championship against the Viper, Randy Orton. And before we get started with this conversation, I have to admit, despite my best efforts, I've tried, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I've tried so hard. I've been, I've been sweating at it. I've, I've really put in the work. I really have. I, I gave it my best shot. But despite my best efforts, the person who has been fucked more times in COVID. You know, I was trying to get my wife to that status, but no one's been fucked more times in COVID than <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Okay? This guy got banged out of a – you want to talk about dealt a horrible hand – Drew McIntyre was supposed to have his coming out story. This was supposed to be the year of McIntyre. This was supposed to be the year of the Scottish psychopath here, the the, the Scottish Colossus, whatever the fuck you're going to call him. This was supposed to be the year that he marked onto the world and became this new, marketable, wonderful-looking fucking superstar, and instead he has been met by empty arenas, plexiglass, and now Thunderdome screens. That will be... I'm sorry? Not his fault. Not his fault. No, I'm not saying that it's his fault. I'm saying that this this is what he's been met with. This is what the rain has had to deal with. This is what the rain has had to overcome. Am I being a fool when I tell you that I think he's overcome these circumstances successfully thus far? Uh, I don't think you're being a fool, but I think he's just treading water for the most part. He's, Does it he, feel like he's actually treading water, though, or is he actually putting out great content right now? Uh, I, I've loved the feud with him and Randy. This whole thing has been kind of really good. So this feud specifically has saved it because before that, it's kind of just been really bland. And people, to your point, people were ready yeah. for Drew. So I, I picked Drew to win the Rumble this year when we did the uh, Royal Rumble yeah. t- roundtable. 
Uh, I was I picked him. I thought this was his time. This is what we're pushing with, and this is what we've been left. Man, you know, Danielle and St- Steven, we were all together for the Royal Rumble roundtable. Boy, if only we knew what <laughs> yeah. was going to happen immediately after we were done with that fucking podcast. I'd have bought stock in Q-tips. What the world was going to come no, to you Lysol. Lysol. Lysol was where the money is at, brother. I couldn't buy Lysol to save my life. I just got it recently. Supply.com. A stock in that company would have been fantastic at this point. But if you need Lysol, seriously, if you need Lysol, go to cleanitsupply.com. <laughs> and that and that's gonna cost them uh that's gonna cost them forty bucks for the sponsor <laughs> time. No, 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 no. Um No, you, I'm saying the company. <laughs> oh, for the no, sponsor no, time, no, yeah. No, you, you will be paying about oh. maybe twelve, thirteen dollars for shipping. Yeah, there you go. You know, you have to but, pay in some way <laughs> no, to get that Lysol. If you really need Lysol, or another suggestion, go to Scouts Honor and get some pet sanitizing spray. It works exactly the same. So now, and Scouts anyway, Honor and the other website owe uh, <laughs> Uncensored Mind uh, 150 bucks. Let's go. Pay yes, up. That's <laughs> right. Since we're talking websites, twitch.tv slash hmradio.com. That's yeah. what's that's what's gonna get you guys some more information on non wrestling stuff. I was on the show yesterday. We talked about Batman. <laughs> we talked about ice cream. We talked about a lot of cool shit yesterday. Uh, Arm fall off. Considering the fact that I'm probably gonna be the one taking care of disinfecting and sanitizing my classroom, well, I've I'm been not even, uh, <laughs> scouring gonna, online. That's Danielle. That's a podcast <laughs> for a whole other day, man. We're gonna have to really figure some shit out. Uh, yes, me, me and Danielle work uh, work in the education system, and we're going to have to really sit down and figure out what the fuck we're going to do to not die. So we have to figure that out. But that's uh, – we'll probably uh, – uh, this this feud what we're about to talk about will probably be dead before we are because Randy Orton right now, the Viper, uh, is there a bigger, badder heel in the business right now than Randy Orton? Nope. Not even close either. I think he wins. I think he wins. What do you think, uh, Stephen? What do you think the change was all of a sudden that we're bringing the punt kick back? Because for a while now we were off that punt kick shit, but now the TV14 has come back. We've got the. They're still not doing it full on. I think Flair had the blackout. They didn't want to show the punt kick. Did they show the punt kick with Sean? I missed that. They did. Uh, they did show that one. Okay, all right. The, so. uh, it's elevating his menace. If Drew is the kind of guy who just came off beating Brock Lesnar, you're going to need to elevate yourself. And as Randy is elevating and going back to a previous form or putting all of the forms together, the legend killer thing, as well as, you know, the who he is now, the Viper, the from out of nowhere stuff. He's elevating his menace to meet Drew. It's actually a compliment psychologically that this is what it might take to put down someone the caliber of drew mcintyre i think it's perfect i think it's right and i think orton right now is the best heel in the business currently currently danielle do you concur that randy orton is the best heel in the business right now right now yes it's uh basically as far as i feel about randy orton you need a segment save you need uh, someone to help put someone over. You need someone to um, basically work a decent program. Call on Randy Orton. I think Randy Orton is the best heel right now. But if Steve and Matt are correct when it comes to the Seth Rollins-Dominic match, 
I will have to probably change my pick to Seth Rollins as a as an effective heel. Because if he's able Remember, when Drew's reign started, it was Seth's heel work that got him started on that title run because that was the first match that That's Drew true. came out of. It was with Seth. Then Seth went into the Rey Mysterio thing, and then Seth had Murphy come back. And now if he's able to go into the ring, Randy Orton has had the benefit of quality opponents during this new recent heel run. Obviously, Edge was gone for nine years, but it's still fucking Edge. And now he's running into Robbie a Cuts. brick wall with Drew McIntyre. He's got quality opponents. Seth has been doing this shit with spit and glue. And if he goes into SummerSlam and does exactly what you guys think he will do, if Seth comes out and that's the one chip on his shoulder that he hasn't really been able to make a guy, he goes into SummerSlam as a big bad heel, as the Monday Night Messiah, and makes Rey Mysterio's son, I might have to start leaning towards Seth a little bit on that heel. Oh, not 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 for overall heat and 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 anger, but as a, as far as effectiveness Effective. as a heel and moving this brand along during this COVID area. Uh, MVP was somebody we talked about earlier that that surprised a lot of people, and we use the word term MVP a lot in sports. The MVP on the heel side right now is up for grabs. I think there's been a lot of great heels. I, with the exception of Drew McIntyre, what I need to see more of is the babyface aspect. Drew McIntyre has come across on screen, in my opinion, as like the team captain. He was doing this recently on just his past wall with Retribution coming in, trying to rally the troops. They're all looking at him at right now as Big Papa. And I love that fact. If he's going to be the new face moving forward, then he needs to be that guy. He needs to be respected in that way. So I'm glad that's going to that's gonna be what it is moving forward. Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton... I do believe will be the main event of this show. Randy Orton has been the main event this entire time. So now that he's in the WWE Championship match, he should be the last match. Uh, picks across the board here. Does Drew McIntyre have his reign in here? And we go back into chase mode, or are we going to continue to trend water until fans can get back into the building? And then we have uh, Drew McIntyre chase from there. Ming, do we have a title change this Sunday? What uh, what uh, what number championship is Randy Orton at? This would be fourteen. Oh, he's winning. He needs to get to sixteen. So you have to feud with John Cena. <laughs> well, remember Rick Flair. Him, baby. Rick, uh, did you see what Rick Flair's promo from the other night? Yeah, Post-punk. yeah. It's happening. It's going Rick to happen. Rick Flair said, "I want to be here for your fourteenth. You know, I want you to break my record, not John Cena's record, my record. <laughs> I want you to break my <laughs> it's record." Going to happen. And his he's record's not even 16. Up, he needs to start pumping that. I know in the WWE there's a mantra, but Ric Flair's title yeah. reigns is not at 16. They need to stop that. I'm getting sick of hearing that over and over. But you you think that Randy Orton does win the championship here at SummerSlam? He needs to pump those numbers up, baby. That feud is coming with John Cena. Damn his rookie numbers. You know it, baby. You know up. it's coming. You, you know that feud for the uh, Flair's record is coming with John Cena. You know it. Danielle. Does Randy Orton win the WWE Championship at SummerSlam? It's an ODQ or no? No, straight up wrestling match. So we have enough with the no DQs. This one's going to be a straight up wrestling match between Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. We're stepping on fingers, stepping on limbs. This is Randy Orton's element here. I don't think so. I don't think Randy's going to win on uh, Sunday. Drew McIntyre. I think they're going to keep it on Drew. Uh, simply because of the fact of Randy is up there in age. I mean, he did he did, he did have a great match with Edge. Yeah, no doubt about it. He had a, he had a great match. He had a great feud with Edge. But 
I don't know. I really don't foresee them putting the title on Randy. I think they're going to keep it on Drew. Steve. You know, and he, you know, and he and essentially, I guess they're going to, you know, keep it on Drew to kind of be like, you know, what? Unfortunately, this was out of our control in terms of COVID. You know, you did. You're doing your best with yeah, holding the pattern. We're going to put you with a holding so. pattern. Steve, yeah. do we have a title change at SummerSlam for the WWE Championship? Yes, I think we do. I think that it's a, you know, I, I think right McIntyre is. I know, and me and Danielle seem to be vibing right now because I don't think the title's going to change anything. Me and Steve. McIntyre is better yeah. on the chase. McIntyre is better on the chase. Plus, I think that we're slowly moving towards getting people back into the building, whether it be sweet and sound with the, you know, uh, with, with the Thunderdome or we have actual people in the building. I think we're moving towards that and they want to remake Drew. Yeah. <laughs> so they need that moment again. I don't think they want him holding the title when people come back. I think that they want that moment again. I think that it's actually going to probably be an, an you know, this is fantasy booking. I think that while this is the only straight up and down wrestling match, I think that Mr. SummerSlam, in my opinion, Brock Lesnar comes and gets his uh, <laughs> gets his receipt back, and that's how Orton wins. I'm I'm a, in this particular situation. I'm more of a sadist. I I I believe in what you just said as far as the fans want uh, wanting to see him chase again. But I think in order for the fans to be invested in the chase, they have to see the drop. I think, I think Drew McIntyre retains the championship here. I think they wait until fans are in the building, and then you crush him. I want to see the fa- I want him to go, which is another point that I want to bring up as we can as we finish up here with the card. If we go back to fans, fans are in the building again, physically there. And we open up that first SmackDown or that first Raw or that first pay-per-view or whatever that scenario is with fans. If we open up that show with a promo or a McMahon promo or a Triple H promo, they learned nothing during this. That is a clear signal we're going back to the status quo and this whole pandemic showed us nothing. If they want to show the audience, we learned something during all this, during this whole interactive era and all that stuff. We learned something through this. If they really want to show the audience that we're moving forward with something completely new and you should stay on board and watch us, they will open that show with Drew McIntyre as the WWE champion. Because whoever comes through that curtain first, whatever, whatever audience that is, is going to be chomping at the fucking bit to root for something as far as wrestling goes, they're going to be hot. They're going to be the hottest a wrestling audience has been in a long time. Whoever, Roman Reigns. Whoever, imagine, whoever goes through that curtain first is going to get the monster pop, and I think it should be Drew. I think the WWE champion that got reamed out the hardest here should get that opportunity to get that, to get that pop and to get that reaction and to go out there. And, and even if it was to start off with a promo. To just thank the fans for following me. Thanks for staying with it. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm not here to talk. I'm here to fight. And if the fans are going to be back here, the first thing that they should see, the first order of business, they need a WWE championship match. And he goes out there, and I'm going to open challenge. I don't give a shit. We're main eventing the show tonight with a WWE championship match. And then whoever that is at the end of the night beats Drew for the championship, crushing him in front of the audience. Now we have a chase. 
because now yep. the fans are invested in this because I haven't seen this title reign. I've been waiting for forever to see this title reign. Now I'm in the building to watch it, and you fucking snatched it from me night one. Now I want to see him win the championship. And I, don't th- I think he's going to win at SummerSlam because I don't think we're going to see fans. SummerSlam, uh, Survivor Series, maybe the Rumble. That's when we'll start seeing fans. I hope it's the Rumble. Because what then what happens oh, is, yeah. is if you screw Drew out of the championship at the Rumble, you now have time to really recreate Drew because you can build him back for Mania. And you can give him his second well, that, moment. And now it's the real one. And now we move forward from that's, Drew from there. That's my theory with Orton winning here is – I think it's too soon for that drop. Drew, Drew winds up getting his way back into the Rumble and you just restart it. I don't think he needs way. the Royal Rumble win to get back into the title picture because if you're if he's a Raw guy and he's competing for the WWE Championship, if you used the Rumble – let's say Drew defends the championship at the Rumble, drops it there – if you had a SmackDown guy, or even for the for the sake of shock value, have an NXT guy win the fucking Royal Rumble, that takes them into that championship situation. Every brand after that has to figure out their number one contender. That's where Drew comes in, because now you have a Raw match, a four-way or a six-way or some stupid bullshit. They always try to manage to figure it out. Either way, Drew, Drew wins that, goes after the champion at WrestleMania, just like the first time around, and, and we get it right this time. <coughs> Not not the pandemic, though. Regardless of how anybody in this group figures we're going to get into it, I think everyone here is under the agreement that when fans come back in, they're rebooting this. This is what yes. they wanted to do in the first place. We're going to try this when it counts for real. But I want to make sure Drew gets his credit for carrying that championship and carrying that company for as long as he has uh, during this pandemic in the first place. Uh, we have reached the end of the 2020 card. I will be completely 100% honest. I didn't think we'd be this invested in the card. But all of it sounded fucking fantastic. I'm not going to kill the audience with any more. I know that we had some questions laid out for previous Summer Slams and things like that. If you guys are interested, I would love to have you guys back on at another time and we can discuss these same questions that we had prepped for this. Uh, and I would love to have you guys on again so we can discuss some more. I had my answers ready. I know. Yeah, I, was, I know no. you did. I know you did. I but, studied. But we've studied. already been on for the two hours. We've already been on for the two hours. Takeover is on right now. Everyone's enjoying it. I don't want to overextend anyone's stay. I think it's the last match. Well, either way, sir. <laughs> He's giving you the go-home cue. I'm trying to give you the go-home I don't want to go home. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I, I do you, do you, have, you guys have time for a few more questions? Do you guys want two more questions? Are you guys, are you guys set, or you, would you wouldn't mind sticking around for a few more? I'm here for whatever you Oh, we could do a favorite. Danielle, do you have somewhere that you need to be, or do you have a few more minutes? I have a few more minutes. I can stay at about 9.30. I do need a refresh of water, though. <laughs> okay, so here's what we're going to do. Let's take a quick pause for the call. Let's take a quick two minute i'll just run like a commercial or two we'll reset we'll just go through a few questions for a few extra minutes we're going into overtime here for the summer slam round table so let me go ahead and set that up stop this and then uh, everyone can go ahead and turn their cameras off and i'll go ahead and share screen this we'll be back in literally just two minutes real quick so everyone can take a quick break Hey guys and gals, this is Orsini here, and I am keeping my promise for 2020, and I have completely revamped the YouTube channel. That's right, the video aspect of my show, Orsini's Uncensored Mind, on YouTube, all you need to do 
is head over to youtube.com backslash AJ Orsini 96 host and you can be a part of all the Orsini programming. Now, every Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, you're going to get not clips, not a best of, not snippets. No, you're going to get a full episode for Throwback Thursdays. I'll be picking episodes from the past, from the past 125 episodes, every Thursday, 3 p.m., broadcasted on the YouTube channel to check out. Also, on Tuesdays, you're going to get a special treat, some original content, some stuff that's not even on Podbean. You know, if, if you've been listening to my show for a while, you know me and my wife have a fantastic chemistry together, a fantastic life. You're going to get a chance to see some of that. Every Tuesday, 3 p.m., we turn on the camera and we have ourselves some after-work discussions. Every Tuesday, 3 p.m., you're going to get a chance to see that. I'm going to be back on the road soon, so there's going to be some special interviews, some exclusive behind-the-scenes footage. It's going to be but banana sandwich on the youtube channel all you need to do again is head over to youtube.com backslash aj orsini 96 host that's all you need to do and you can be a part of the squad of o on a visual aspect listen guys this is entertaining stuff head over there check it out and enjoy AJ Orsini here, and I am the host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind every Saturday night, 9 p.m., and I gotta tell you, when I first started this podcast way back when, I didn't know where it would go. I didn't know where this would take me, but I am proud to tell you that this has been a committed weekly episodic podcast for the last two years and running. It's been downloaded in over 30 countries with several thousand downloads to its name. All people need to do is head over to ajoum.pondbead.com and they are blasted with some audio pro wrestling goodness. Now, I have had great experiences in the past with sponsors and I'm looking for more. As a matter of fact, I could be looking for you. So if you would like to get your business information out there to the masses, to the fans, to the squad of O, all you need to do is send me an email over to ajorsini96host at gmail.com. We are ready to do business. Hey guys. Hey. So we're back here. Uh, Maddie Ming's chair is here. So that, that works. That works out fantastic <laughs> for us. Uh, Danielle has yet to turn on their her camera as well. So we're going to go ahead. I'm going to continue forward. Because <laughs> that's the best that I can do here. Is uh, move forward. Oh, there we go. I clicked on that one, so everyone's back now. So, uh, Steve, since I do have you here with me at the moment, and everybody is, I'm going to wait for them to come back. Yeah, just Uh, don't see your camera yet. Just turn on, just don't, what now? Your camera isn't on. No, my my camera is, is, uh, I was going to say, no, I clicked it a while ago. I don't know why it it took a minute to come back. But we have uh, Maddie Ming's chair here. Maddie Ming, how are you doing, Maddie Ming's chair? Good, there you go. Nice and leathery. That's good. Okay, so we have a few points that I wanted to get to. Uh, We don't have to go through all of them, but definitely I know you guys were excited about talking about some previous SummerSlam stuff. Now, I said at the beginning of this pay-per-view, some of you agreed, some of you didn't, that this is one of the more overlooked of the four. It's supposed to be the second biggest show of the year, right? It's right after WrestleMania. It's It's the show of the biggest party of the summer. But Survivor Series is gimmicked. It's got the elimination tag matches. Royal Rumble has the Royal Rumble match. WrestleMania is WrestleMania. SummerSlam 
it's kind of a higher profile backlash. Let's be real. Like it's it's <laughs> it's a regular pay per view here. It's just you you usually the Hollywood tie in. Yeah, you you use it for blow offs and you try these different things. But uh, we have here. I have some questions here that I sent you guys, and I'm going to go ahead and go through some of them. And the big one, I'm sure that we're going to talk about here. Favorite overall SummerSlam pay per view from match one to main event, which were. And you don't have to. Uh, I know I put favorite, and if if you have more than one, that's cool. We can go over that. But if you could, just one that really stood out to you guys as a huge pay per view, a huge SummerSlam pay per view. That's one of your favorites. You can go back and you can watch from minute one to the end. What are the ones that stand out to you, Steve? Easily, the the, the first one that came to mind, SummerSlam 2002. Easily. Oh to God. Bottom. It was an incredible card. You had Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, you know, Ric Flair and Chris Jericho. Edge, when Edge was on the way up and Guerrero yes. was still at the top of his game and oh, on the way up there, too. At his game. Before, he, before he put on the extra weight and he was still a luchador Eddie Guerrero. That was good. Yeah, he was on his way up, too. You had the return. HBK is my favorite wrestler of all time. So the return of that and the unsanctioned street fight, you got Van Dam and Chris Benoit and you got Lesnar being essentially crowned the next big thing indeed by beating the rock for the title. So from top to bottom that even the underrated tag match with the un-Americans uh, uh, Christian and Lance storm. And one of my favorite most unsung tag teams ever gold dust and Booker T that oh, was a really shit. good match. That was a, a top to bottom. My favorite SummerSlam easily. Ian Miller uh, with the spoilers in the chat. New NXT champ. Is it me? I don't know what that means. Does that mean Karrion Cross already took the title? Keith Lee was a transitional champ? Find out more by going to the WWE Network. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, Danielle, uh, what is your favorite SummerSlam of all time? Can I be biased and say the one that I went to? <laughs> Obviously, that's what I did. Ahead, that's what I did. <laughs> I'm back. There yeah. it is. I turned your video off because we were looking at your chair. So here, I'm going to turn you back on. Wait, no, um, not on that way. Favorite... It's my... a very nice chair. It is a nice chair. Way better than my living chair. It's got spots on it. Go ahead, Danielle. Uh, so my favorite would have to be, again, is the one that I went to. In fact, um, I went to two Summer Slams. There you so... go. I went to the one that when they were constantly in Los Angeles. Um, when did I go to that one? Staples Center. When they were, had a residency there for like four or five yeah, years. Yeah, Staples Center. I want to say that was 2011. But that's yeah. not my favorite, though. My favorite was SummerSlam. 2011. Was that the one with, what was that, Randy Orton and Christian, I think? I think so. Yeah, nice. Orton and Christian, and the main was Del Rio and Punk. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Uh, so that was not my favorite. Even though I went to it, it was not my favorite. Now my favorite one is SummerSlam 1998, the one at the Garden. God damn it! The two of you with your fucking favorites. And okay, fine. <laughs> uh, Maddie May. Yeah. Yes. Tell the child to. Yes, crush. she's really she. She got it. Um. So I would have to say the match that. Okay. Thank you. Hey, <laughs> I would have to say. The match that that made me uh, a fan of wrestling, I would have to say, The Rock versus Triple H, ladder match. That made me a fan. I was See, I was 98. hooked. There it is. He picked. 98 I was hooked. 
I was hooked. Ever since then, I've been a fan. So I will have to say that, man. That's the greatest. Ian match Miller in the me. chat. I was la- I was at last year's SummerSlam. Having Goldberg, Lesnar, Edge all on the same night was amazing. Oh, that's right, Ian. You live in Canada, and it was in Toronto last year. So that doesn't make sense. Okay, all right. Uh, my favorites. He, he, my... He, was try- he was trying his best to get me to go, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a little, <laughs> little tougher a trip for you than it is for him. Uh, my favorites were obviously 2002 and 98. Those were my favorites. If I have to lend uh, a, a, a different direction for this, because Maddie Ming also chose 98, I'm going to go one year before that. One of my favorites, one of my standouts, 97, was my standout. Heart and Soul SummerSlam. Bret Hart, The Undertaker in the main event. Uh, British Bulldog and Ken Shamrock. Austin and Owen with the broken neck. Uh, uh, 2013, Vanessa Jean, Brock and Punk. Yes, fantastic. Not only Brock, Brock and, Punk, and Punk was pretty, pretty good. Not only Brock and Punk, but Daniel Cena for that for yeah. that pay per view was a double. The indie guy stole the SummerSlam show that year in 2013. Mm. There has been a lot of great SummerSlams. The return of Triple H in 2007. Uh, there's a lot of different SummerSlams that have been awesome. Those are some of our favorites. I gave you guys a cheat sheet because every time we do these roundtables, we always say the same shit. I remember this thing from that one time, from that one show, and that one year. So I wanted to make sure that my panel this year had a cheat sheet. But the reason, a hidden reason why I gave you guys a cheat sheet, I had a question about gimmick matches. There's been a lot of gimmick matches at SummerSlam. Uh, Like I said, it's been used as a blow-off pay-per-view for a long time. SummerSlam usually restarts our storylines leading into the fall, which is probably why September and October are such weak parts of the year because we're starting new shit. But is there a particular gimmick match that you guys remember? Obviously, for those of you who picked 2002, that non-sanctioned match steps out in your minds, but... Is there a particular gimmick match that has happened at SummerSlam that step that that stands out for you guys? Ming, is there anything that you did your research on that stands out for you as far as gimmick matches? Not that I can think of. Just the the, the unsanctioned matches, pretty much the best. The, I mean, out of all the gimmick matches, that's probably the best quality. Because they've had quite a few matches, and I'm saving mine for last. Because if you guys don't come up with them, I'm gonna start spewing them. So, go, so, so, so Ming doesn't remember. Danielle, is there any gimmick matches that you remember for happening at SummerSlam? Uh, SummerSlam that, that stand out to you? Tables, ladders, and chairs. That's the first one that everyone comes oh, yeah. to mind. I've got others, but that's the first one that usually comes to mind. Steven, any gimmick matches for you that stand out? Uh, the one that shocked me and made me really go outside of wrestling and see other things was the lion's den match from SummerSlam 98. There you go. Lion's den match. Which by the way, uh, if the rumors are true and Shamrock finds his way back to the WWE, that would be an awesome way to, 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 if you have not seen the TNA stuff or the impact stuff, I don't know what to call it now anymore. I'm not suggesting he comes back to perform. But if he can come back, if they're doing Raw Underground for real, Shamrock is perfect. They exactly fi- what's in my they, frick. They can notes. find a way to make Shamrock valuable in that way. And the Lions Den in a Raw Underground scenario would really work out. But there have been a few. You know who they're getting, right? You know who they're going to get, though, right? Who are they going to get? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig? Bond Daniel Craig? Yeah. What's that? 
my no, God. I mean, uh, uh, Daniel, uh, the one who just retired at UFC. He Cormier? Has a heavyweight... Daniel, yes, oh, there you go. I was going to say, yeah, Bond? <laughs> yeah. What a step hey, up man. for the WWE. Uh, it's good branding. <laughs> you <corp> that one. <laughs> but there Whoops. Is, I, let, let, me, let me remind you guys of the kiss my ass match yeah. at SummerSlam. You're not going to kiss my ass. You're going to kiss her ass. It was the big, the big booty. <laughs> on the sideline there, there has been a dog food match, which oh, was at man. my favorite, 97, British Bulldog, Ken Shamrock. Loser had to eat the puppy chow, baby. Love that call to this You think day. that was really puppy chow? No, that shit was fucking. You think that was really puppy That was corned beef <laughs> or corn hash. It was sloppy, sloppy joe. It was corn hash at best. Was, mm. the, was the Kiss My Foot SummerSlam? Kiss My Foot was King of the Ring. The ring that was right. Jerry Lawler. And oh, Red with the Park. hair, with the hair growing out the foot. Yep, they had the TLC match. Obviously, now that was the one where remember Lawler apparently had not washed his feet in weeks, so they really made it grotesque. And then Brett made him lick his own feet. It was fantastic. Isaac Yankum, because his teeth were rotted out. That's how they introduced Isaac Yankum, the dentist. We were looking. My wife and I were looking over SummerSlam matches last night. We were like, "What the fuck?" Like for instance, what was a rest in peace match? I don't even remember. What the that's hell that was? Kane, right? That's up no way before there was even a cane. Uh, uh, Taker and Giant Gonzalez oh, had a right. rest in peace oh, match. Oh my god! Which I Giant think was the beginning workings terrible. of a casket match. Because yeah. I, I don't remember the exact one for that one, but yeah, we had the boiler room brawl uh, at SummerSlam take place. So there's been a lot of gimmick matches. But I want to stay on the one the next question that I have is the one that Danielle uh, brought up, which was the TLC match. I want to stay with that. We've been laughing. We've been having a good time. This question is a little bit more serious. I'm going to go with Matt here to start off because Matt has the benefit, uh, as I have, to have witnessed ladder matches live. And I want to ask Matt the question because you were the first one that came to mind when I, when I thought of this question. And I sent it to you early so that you could think about it. TLC, did I did. It was part of the rundown. Read your sheets, brother. Let's break the kayfabe. Read your sheets, brother. But uh, TLC was huge when it mm-hmm. debuted. Uh, the triple threat ladder match at WrestleMania, which led to the first ever TLC at SummerSlam 2000, which was another fantastic SummerSlam that nobody mentioned. 2000 was a nice uh, overall pay-per-view. But that was TLC 1. Then we went to WrestleMania with TLC 2, and it just began this whole genre of ladder matches. TLC set the tone for a lot of dangerous shit to go down the line. Edge has gone on record, so has a lot of other performers. The TLC match, they now regret doing it. Now. Now that it's made them stars and it's made them millions, now they've come to the conclusion of course, this was a bad idea. Right, it's the cool thing to say, right? Because now they're the vets and they see these people doing goofy shit. Hey, man, don't do it. Here's the question I have. Here's the question I have for you, Ming. The TLC match, okay? We're in 2020 now. That first TLC match, the first official one, SummerSlam 2000, that's officially 20 years ago. Hindsight literally being 2020. Was the TLC match a good idea? As far as the business is concerned, did the TLC match raise the bar too fucking high and raise a whole generation of spot monkeys that we can't seem to shake now all of a sudden? I mean, no, because the business had to evolve. And I mean, it, could, it can't stay for the same forever. It's probably going to evolve again. It's probably going to be another crazy match. 
that's gonna you know produce a lot of different kind of wrestlers. So it's all about evolving. Wrestling can never stay stagnant; always has to evolve. So no, I don't think it's an issue. Because even though I produce some spot monkeys, some of those spot monkeys are actually good wrestlers. When they want to, sure. So, <laughs> I always, yeah, when they want to. When they want to wrestle, they can wrestle. When they want to do on spots, they can do a lot of spots. But no, I don't think, I, I don't think it's a, it was a bad thing. Danielle, do you believe that the TLC match set an un, unnecessary high bar when it comes to gimmick matches and the punishment involved and with? No. No. <laughs> no, because like Ming said, no. you have to evolve in terms of in terms of any growth, yeah. in terms of any progress. You have to evolve, and and that did. Okay, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. Stephen, are you on vol- Are you on the evolution train here with the TLC <laughs> match? And do you think this was too much? Yes, it was too much, and we've seen it. Just because you evolve doesn't mean you evolve in good ways. <laughs> I would call it a de-evolution of certain things. I think that really? it, it, it set an hold expectation hold that could never be met. It's, it ramped up the action to a point that could not be sustained. It was overexposed more times than not. I think that it led to some innovations like the standard money in the bank match i think it was hat on hat on hat if you have one of those things or all of those things separately fantastic but you've diminished each one of them by combining them together i i was with the evolution argument um and the only thing that changes my mind and leads me more towards steve and and kind of bastardized it was things like the tlc pay-per-view when it became the norm that's when it was no longer special. And of the four people in this panel, I have the unfortunate honor of stating that I have been in not one but two fucking TLC matches myself. And I will tell you, Evolution's great, but Evolution hurts. <laughs> Being <laughs> able to have a long yeah, career in <laughs> Evolution hurts. Now, let's be fair. I'm a... I'm a, I was if I'm if I'm putting all of the truth out onto my show, and I've been very truthful for a, 153 episodes. My skill level as a wrestler is limited. I'll be honest. So for someone like me, who's not afraid to take the bumps, but may lack the technician skills necessary to be a long-term professional wrestler, TLC uh, for me in particular was a safe haven for me because. What happens with that is, is it gives me the opportunity to perform in the match without having to be handcuffed by the regulation and tradition of the actual grappling, right? Mm. So that's what I mean by saying a whole generation of quote-unquote spot monkeys, and I use it as a joke, but what I mean by that is I've had many arguments online from people that were that would hear Edge, and would hear Christian, and would hear Jeff Hardy, and would hear Matt Hardy in their wisdom of today say that we did those matches because we were in the locker room with Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, The Undertaker, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. We had to do something that would stand us apart from the rest. So we decided to take the physicality to a whole nother fucking level. Stone Cold Steve Austin on his own podcast, because I listen to everything, has stated that it was very hard for him as a performer 
to follow the TLC matches because, as he put it, those were stunt shows. Yep. We had to go out and put a wrestling match on for the WWF Championship after those stunt shows. And it became hard because on the house shows, they would do table match, ladder match. They, they would do, people look at TLC 1 through 4 and go, man, that's painful. They were doing those matches every fucking night. That's why Edge had a triple fusion neck surgery. That's not evolution. That is taking one thing that worked and bastardizing it until it doesn't work anymore for the sake of ratings and money. Now, what the people at home who were watching these matches all looked at those matches and goes, fuck, that looks like it's a lot of fun because the reaction of the fans, the respect you get from it. I, I told this story on my podcast, podcast a while ago. One of the first things that made me want to be a wrestler, as asinine and stupid as it sounds, was Mankind Taker Hell in a Cell. Mm. Not because of the brutality, but because of the respect that Mick got after that. I want that respect. And the only reason I, the only way I can get that respect, and this is my head in 1998, the only way I can get that respect is killing myself. And that's why my medical history is a fucking mile long because I thought it was a great idea to take every chance in the fucking book because that's what I saw my hero fucking do. So for all the TLC guys who grew up on the ladder matches, and now they go on every indie show, and Steven, you and I call these matches on the indie shows all the time, and it's the, how many times, Steven, have you heard, maybe this could lead to a ladder match, maybe this could lead to a no DQ match, maybe, because they all just assume the blow-off is a no disqualification blowout, and you don't have the psychology in realizing a wrestling match can be the blow-off. You can yep. go in there and wrestle, and it will mean the same. All you have to do is tell the story with your face and your body and your words. But a lot of today's talent don't have the ability to do that. So they rely on the ladders and the tables and the chairs, and it becomes a crutch. And that's, no, the that's where I think Edge and the old heads come from when they say, in hindsight, this was a bad idea. Because, yes, it got us over. Edge has never disputed that. It got us over. So I'm not going to take away. If I had to do it again, I'd do it again because it got us over. But we didn't realize the damage we would do to the future generation with these matches because they see these matches as the norm, and they're not. They should not be the norm. These should be blow-offs. People forget that the triple ladder match at WrestleMania 2000 happened because of six months yep. of bad blood yep. between the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardys. It didn't, they didn't just make a ladder match. It was a blow-off to a huge feud. And it got over so well that six months later at, in August, SummerSlam, they did it again. Go and ahead, Steve. Pers the personality of each team was represented because of the story right. they told. Hardys were the ladders. Right. The Ooh. chairs were Edge and Christian, and the Dudleys were tables. So they yeah. all had purpose and story-driven purpose to be there. The now it's just, the hey, yeah. here's a match. The point of the TLC is the Dudleys were the master of the tables. The, la the Hardys were the masters of the ladder. Edge and Christian with the concerto were the masters of the chairs. Let us blow this all off at WrestleMania. That aspect has been completely, 100% lost Reach. on today's generation. They well, just see the crutch. They don't see the weapons. They don't see the story. They, don't, they didn't take the time to watch the Raws and Smackdowns that led 
to WrestleMania and SummerSlam. They just remember WrestleMania and SummerSlam. And that's why I wanted to bring that up. And I'm sorry that I went on a rant. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's just looking at me. But that was one of the biggest reasons. I'm not saying those matches are bad. I just admitted it's the only reason I had a career. But that being said, if you were to remove those aspects from wrestling, only the true talent after that would survive. And Edge, Christian, the Hardys, and the Dudley Boys all proved, all six of them, that they could work and they could be famous without the TLC. But everyone holds on to that gimmick match like fucking, they hold on to it for near death. I gave you guys a whole list of gimmick matches that happened at SummerSlam. None of you remembered them. But you all remembered the TLC one. <laughs> Every well, because it's the first one. Everybody remembers. They the first wasn't one. the first it one. Was, they had a multitude ones. Go ahead. And it wasn't like it wasn't just because it was the first one. It's the most iconic one so far. Like they was pulling on some like innovative shit that nobody ever seen before. So you're always gonna remember that. Vanessa Jean in the comment, Taker versus Taker, which I believe was SummerSlam '94. That was a good one. Ian Miller in the in the comments. We had a ladder match here in Ottawa. AJ Styles versus James Ellsworth. Ellsworth won to win a contract. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I do remember that, but that's more toward the bastardization of the gimmick. Styles and Ellsworth in a ladder match. Think about that. We went from the, the, the three teams. Sean and mentioned. Razor. <laughs> Yeah, the three teams we just mentioned, uh, Ming just told us that Triple H and The Rock in the latter match made him a fan. We were talking it's about Sean and Razor. We are talking about the, th- the three teams. Ellsworth and Styles in a ladder. That's where we're at. <laughs> just, I'm just putting it out there. Well, that just, plays up to, that just plays up to your theory that, you know, that's the only, only way Ellsworth could get over by doing a gimmick match and doing matches like that to get, get some shine. But they, he was also not in a locker room, A, with guys like Stone Cold, like The Rock, you name it. And also, James Ellsworth was never and will never be on par with any of the members or have any upside like the guys in the TLC match. It's a different comparison. <laughs> I, have- I mean, I think, I think James Ellsworth is better than Heim Jeff Hardy. What? <laughs> okay, yeah. James... <laughs> This James is a Hold on, Stephen. Just so we're clear. Hold on. He, he can't hear me. Earl has no voice in this. Hold on a second. Hold on. Get back onto the microphone. Hold on a second. God damn it. Hold on. Stephen, you've been a part of roundtables in the past. You know that Ming at least one time says one thing where I want to kick him out of my house. This yeah. is this is COVID uh, roundtable, so we're doing this on Zoom. <laughs> so I can't kick him out of my house this time. But that was ridiculous what you just said. I've got it's two, the truth. I've got two questions left, and then we're all done here. Okay, we got two questions left, and then we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna wrap this up. One of and both of which I've sent to you guys, so I hope you guys put a little thought into this. But uh, sure. the uh, the original main event. Let's go back because we have a lot of old heads in the chat room here. A lot of old heads listening to the show. The original main event. This is why SummerSlam is one of the big four. It's, a, it's the second pay-per-view WWE has ever created way back when in the way back machine of 1988. Okay, <laughs> that's how far back SummerSlam goes. My brother was literally six months old when this fucking pay-per-view first hit. In the original main event, the Mega Powers. 
Oh yeah, the mega powers, brother, yeah. The macho man, the WWF champion at the time, along with Elizabeth, teamed with Hulk Hogan to create the mega powers, yeah. And they went against the mega bucks in the main event of that particular SummerSlam, which was a fantastic main event. But my wife is the one who created this question, and I thought it was fantastic. It was a tag team match between the mega powers and the mega bucks. If we were to fast forward 22 years... At SummerSlam 2020, and you had the same main event, Mega Powers, and the Mega Event, and the and the Mega Bucks. Who would be, who would fit the role today, of the two men? Who would be the two men who fit the Mega Powers? Who would be the two men who fit the Mega Bucks at the heel role, for a main event like that in 2020? Stephen, I can see your brain moving. Who uh, who do you have? I, lo- in that I position? love this question. Yes. Uh, for, the mega powers came to my mind instantly. Roman Reigns and AJ Styles. Roman Whoa, Reigns, wow. and AJ Styles in the Macho Man slot because one, oh. he can be a great. He's been a great heel. He's considered one of the we best. We didn't talk about AJ name. Styles. Is pissed today. Hold on, I forgot about the piss, the piss. <laughs> The phenomenal integrated statistics oh, system. Yeah. We didn't talk about that this whole show. But yes, <laughs> continue on. I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead. Yes, oh, the mega no, powers of Roman. I forgot about it. We forgot all about his piss. We didn't mention Styles' piss. I can't believe it. But go ahead. Yes. Roman Reigns and Styles as your mega powers. Yes. That's my mega powers. Makes perfect sense to me. And this might shock you, uh, but for the mega bucks, I'm saying Jinder Mahal and Bobby Lashley. <laughs> With MVP as Virgil. You know, you've got me in my sweet spot when you mentioned my main man. The modern day Maharaja, baby. You got to include him in the Our main and influence. Yeah. Got it right there. Danielle. Oh, I froze for a second. Yeah, for a second we lost connection. I don't know necessarily know because I'm hosting, so I don't know if that's you or me. It's happened a few times, so don't worry about it. But Danielle, the Mega Powers... And the Mega Bucks, who would that be? Who would be your babyface tandem and who would be your heel tandem? As much as I'm not a fan of Roman Reigns, I will have to give uh, Steven, you know, props for that. Uh, So, yeah, definitely Mega Powers would have to be uh, Roman Reigns and AJ Styles. If... If John Moxley was still part of WWE, possibly with Roman Reigns, uh, you know, kind of like he a actually thing. he actually did come to mind, but I, I didn't I didn't want to include AEW guys, but yeah, he you did, know, he did um, come to mind. You know, so if you know, so if we're sticking to just WWE people and current WWE people, um, definitely for the Mega Powers, uh, Ron. Roman, not Ron. Oh, Roman and AJ for Mega Bucks, though. Yeah, who would be your heel team? Even Ian Miller in the chat. Your boy Ian is already gender's a good Canadian talent from Vancouver. Ian's putting it over. I'm telling you, I thought of gender as well when I came up with my my uh, my Mega Bucks as well. My heel team. Paul Green, I'm going to answer your question as soon as we're done with this uh, question here. Let me think. Um, that's a damn good question. Box. You said who? 
Yeah, the heel. Ooh, Seth Rollins. I could I could see Seth Rollins in the mega in, in the mega bucks. Okay. But who to put him with? You ponder on that. Yes. Maddie Maddie Ming, who are your mega powers? I would mega powers, Roman Reigns, John Cena. That's a good one. You can't get better than that. You can't get better than that. You can't get better than that. Yes, but it's so real. Uh, who are your mega bucks? You can't get better than that. No, you can't get better than that. Who, uh, who are your mega kids? bucks? Uh, Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins. Ooh, there you go. Pretty good. That's nice. No, that's actually that's really bad. nice. The heel team. I spot on. Book it. <laughs> Dan- Danielle, are you co-signing those mega bucks? I'm right co-signing there? It as Seth Rollins. Wow. And- wow. I'm surprised at you, Danielle, because my pick for the mega bucks is one of your favorites. I can't believe it. My <laughs> my mega bucks team was Jinder Mahal. And Baron Corbin, those were my heels. Oh, Baron Good. Corbin. Yes, those were pick. my heels going into this. But my mega powers, and Baron. my mega powers, I'm sorry. It was the first thing that came to mind, and I got to co-sign Maddie Ming. Reigns and Cena. What a That's it right there. That's a combo. That's you the combo right there. The Who's pinning those two? The Who's pinning those? powers. Who is more protected? I mean, Batista had unlimited title shots between the age of, what, 2003 to about 2007. <laughs> yeah. He had the Contra code when it came to title shots. But, ooh, yeah. Oh, Ian Miller says gender and Big Show for Mega Bucks. I'm not opposed to the Big Show pick. That's not a horrible pick. But, it's by in God. Line but with I love, I love the net. I will always, I will always remember the natural heat of a Baron Corbin. I don't know which one of you guys happened to be in the building for WrestleMania 35. Anybody here in the building for WrestleMania 35? I was there. I sat in a particular section that was so vocally angry about the fact that Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle was the final Kurt Angle match, that it was Baron Corbin. And I knew it was bullshit. And Kurt Angle has since, since his release, uh, released that it was not obviously... Did you guys ever hear, get a chance to hear Angle's pitch for his last match, as a matter of fact? Did you guys hear about this? Do you know? No, what I was didn't. his last match pitch? Uh, Angle's pitch for his last match, believe it or not, he didn't want to end his, wrestle, his, his career at WrestleMania. He wanted to end his career at Elimination Chamber, the pay-per-view right before WrestleMania. He wanted to build toward the match with Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Heal Daniel. He wanted to okay. give Daniel a great match to lead him off into WrestleMania with Kofi. Right. He wanted to give Daniel an opportunity to go super heel mode leading into WrestleMania. Because if you think back to the Kofi Mania push leading into WrestleMania, Kofi was the story. Daniel was just an afterthought. He was just a heel champion going in. Daniel didn't really do anything other than that little contract signing they had. That led to any heat at all whatsoever. It was all about Vince McMahon yeah. pushing Kofi Kingston to be his best day. Kurt had Vince pitched. And was the heel in that. Right. Kurt pitched, why don't we build toward me and Daniel? And I will let Daniel beat the ever-loving fuck out of me every step of the way. Which kind of makes sense because it Daniel, really does. Because Daniel Bryan's moveset, a lot of it is copied. And it's a dream match that we've never seen before. It's Kurt Angle versus Daniel, and Daniel heals it up and does everything necessary to get over as a bad guy and then lead into the Kofi Mania push going into WrestleMania. That's what Kurt wanted. But Vince did not feel comfortable. According to Kurt, this is Kurt's words, 
Vince did not feel comfortable ending Kurt Angle's career at Elimination Chamber. He felt that was a WrestleMania match getting away from him, and he didn't want to do that Elimination Chamber. I can make more money off of you losing at WrestleMania than losing at Elimination Chamber. Not wrong. Which I no, I actually disagree with that because I don't think Kurt Angle's loss at WrestleMania meant anything to WrestleMania. It meant it was huge for Kurt Angle, but if Kurt Angle was willing to lose his career at the expense of putting over the champion, I actually think that's a better way for him to go out, especially for someone who is as highly better- respected a champion as Kurt Angle was. But I'm talking about buy rates and business. I don't think Kurt Angle's lost at WrestleMania fucked with the buy rates at all. If you take Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle off of WrestleMania 35, I don't think it moves an inch in either direction. I disagree. I think you get Really? More... You think there's a push there from Kurt Angle? A little. For last it's match? not much. It's not much. <laughs> but if you had to compare the buy rates between the two, you know, Elimination Chamber with that match, I, I don't know. Uh, Paul Green in the in the comments here. Ms. Corbin for Mega Butts, right? Mega Bucks. Ooh, okay. Roman Cena for Mega Powers. I knew somebody at some point was going to throw the Miz in there. Now that Shane is back with Raw Underground, and from what I understand, he's trying to weasel his way back into a top rating position for Raw. I'm for it, so long as his first order of business is fixing whatever the fuck he did to the Miz. Can you undo yes. the bullshit? I, you raised your hand, Steve. That means you were there. You witnessed, along with I, the literal destruction of whatever momentum The Miz had going into WrestleMania. He single-handedly the fucking destroyed The Miz. So if you're going to come back as a writer and fix that, I'm for it. If you're just going to well, come that's back... that's why he's going to be the leader of Retribution. All right, get the fuck out of here. Okay. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> if you notice, I'm, I'm we've got almost three hours... You said the leader of what? We've gone almost three hours. I haven't mentioned Retribution one fucking time. I'm saving that bombshell for a future episode. Yeah, I'm waiting on, for the you, reveal. Come on. You know that CM Punk. You know, you know that CM Punk in that mask. Get the fuck Let's be serious. Get the Let's fuck be serious. Last... If it's not CM Punk, I'll never watch wrestling again. <laughs> you heard not... What's the point? Last question. What's the point? <laughs> Last question. And I think this is a really good one to end on here. Uh, you guys have actually answered it for quite a few times, so I'll, this should be a quick and concise answer. WrestleMania has a Mr. WrestleMania. Everyone looks at Shawn. Agreed or disagree, it's the popular vote. Uh, Shawn Michaels is highly considered the Mr. WrestleMania on a performance level, which is what I want to quantify this as, on a performance level. Because if you're a sports fan of statistics, obviously you would think The Undertaker would clearly be the WrestleMania guy. But there's only but so many giant Gonzalez-Jake Robert matches you can sit through before you realize Sean had a much better rapport when it comes to matches at WrestleMania. So if, if Sean Michaels is Mr. WrestleMania, who is Mr. SummerSlam, the second biggest pay-per-view of the year? Maddie Ming, you seemed dead set. You were, you did, you've done your homework, sir, so I will Undertaker. agree with you. Undertaker. The, King of SummerSlam. Mr. Undertaker SummerSlam. Is SummerSlam. What do you have either, to, to back either that Either Undertaker, Undertaker or Triple H, a close, a close second. Undertaker's had like huge matches at SummerSlam. Like what? So it, um, Stone Cold, him and Stone Cold, Highway to Hell. That was a big match. Even the even the even the Gonzalez match he had was kind of iconic because he was such a big guy. He was bigger Rest than him. Undertaker match. versus Undertaker versus Undertaker was a big match. Okay, all right. I mean, so no, I, no, no, no. Hold on, Stephen. It was 
1994, that was a big deal. It almost uh, it almost made Brian Lee. It was this close. It almost made Brian Lee a star. He was like this close. Even at a kid, <laughs> as a kid I looked at that Fugazi. Like. Yeah, I mean, he became chains after that, but they were this close. <laughs> with this Steven look. I'm gonna put it to the camera. Uh, he was really close. To no, a little star. closer. A little closer. A little closer. closer. Okay, like okay, I'll give him like credit. That. I'll give him like credit. This, like that. Ah, like that. Close. Like that. They almost made him the new Taker. It was that close. But no, I'm not gonna say this. Yeah. I'm not gonna disagree with Taker as far as a credible, a the credible most option. Yeah. Uh, well, he has the most. Okay, I'm gonna share that at another podcast. Uh, uh, Steven, actually, since we're talking about it, I may want you on that show with me, a pre-recorded okay. episode. Stats. Sure. I have stats, and I'm going to share Man. them with you so we're on the same page. Since you're a sports guy, we need to talk stats. I think that would be winning a very – Winning percentage yes, different I than have stats all uh, than the, wins and losses. I yeah. have – you know me. I'm a historian, and when I was preparing you guys with the cheat sheet for SummerSlam, I went through my notes to do it. That's where the cheat sheet came from. And I have not only uh, pay-per-view wins and losses and results on Word Doc. I have every performance record at every pay-per-view. By month, and I would love by month, by month. which means What's, for when those, you which, get this means, free time? which means for those, no, 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 this has time. been, no, 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 Matt, this has been a collection over the last 25 years of my life. I've been doing this since the, since the 90s. I've just been updating it along the way, and I would love. Mets are really bad. That's my why. brother, my actual biological brother is the one who told me the other day, he goes, you've been keeping stats your whole life. And you have a podcast of 150 episodes, and you've never talked about the fucking stats. Steve, That's you were crazy. the first one that came to mind. I'm going to share with you all my information so you're up to date, and we have to plan a day for you and me to get on here and really break down Absolutely. percentage. It would be fucking great. But as far as Mr. SummerSlam, Danielle, who is your Mr. SummerSlam performer? Edge. Edge. You know what? I really can't. I can't argue. I mean, Edge has had a crazy SummerSlam career. Is there anything about Edge's run at SummerSlam that st- that uh, sticks out? Um, I definitely the TLC matches he's been in, and just seemingly to. I've been an Edge head since he, since the Brood days. You've given so, Edge head win. Um, yeah. In terms of you know, in terms of performance and disability and talent and just being able to what was that face for i'm not because matt's matt brought out this entire gallon of water you know it it caught me by surprise sorry (laughs) i don't i don't think there was like any one particular match unless you talk about the first ever tlc that would um that would definitely solidify my uh my choice is Edge is Mr. SummerSlam, but I don't remember or can even think of a time of any match that Edge was in in terms of SummerSlam where he didn't knock it out the park. I Again, I can't disagree with any of that at all whatsoever. Edge is a fantastic pick. Steve, you're Mr. SummerSlam. Yeah, Edge was number two for me, but Brock Lesnar, easily for me, though, uh, would guys, be Mr. SummerSlam. Here's why. You guys I'm gonna are such follow me here. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow me here. Out of the 10 SummerSlam matches Brock has had, eight of them have been main events, including the last six in a row. 
That's incredible. Here's a guy and beating who did top, his homework. Look at that shit. Okay, good. Beating top guys like Orton, Rock, Cena, Roman Reigns, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman. All of those top tier guys. No one has gone through that many top tier guys in that main, many main events than him. Main events. It's the point of the show. It's what the whole thing is booked towards. So eight of them out of ten. That's incredible, including beating The Rock in the main event for a championship. His first SummerSlam was a main event <laughs> where he yeah. won the WWE Championship. That's Off how his the SummerSlam Rock. career started. Yeah, beating The Rock. Clean with an F5. Yeah, SummerSlam. Uh, I actually I'm going to go to the chat here because Vanessa Jean chose uh, Seth Rollins uh, which is also was not a bad pick. Actually, it leans more into your Brock Lesnar claim because this guy's won championship after championship. He really uh, uh, has put on quite a run. I tell you this, if this Sunday he puts Dominic over like a million bucks, he's going to have he's gonna have a good quite case. Quite a claim to that SummerSlam crown. Stats-wise, Paul Green says, stats-wise, Edge 11-2, which was Danielle's pick. Edge obviously has a tremendous SummerSlam pick. Uh I like all your picks, and I'm not stating that because just because it's my show does not mean that my picks are cement, folks. Uh, it's all about the panel. It's all about the fans. It's all about everybody getting their shit in. My picks does not – I'm not God, okay? My word is not concrete. But I would definitely love to throw another name in the hat because before Lesnar had an opportunity to be the king, before Edge got his jump start, before all these guys being mentioned – Bret Hart was the dominant force in SummerSlam lore. The cage match, the match with the Undertaker, just uh, uh, just overall uh, Austin, the Austin match. There's been, well, no, they didn't have a SummerSlam match. Austin and uh, Bret Hart. Bret Hart had WrestleMania. They had uh, uh, April with that cold day in hell. Not cold day in hell. The the. some other pay-per-view. They never had it at SummerSlam. Survivor Series, uh, they had a competition at Royal Rumble. They never competed at SummerSlam. But Bret Hart, I mean, Bret Hart, for the most part, has been basically undefeated at fucking SummerSlam. When it comes to August, Bret Hart can't be touched. And uh, Ian Miller, thank you. Ian Miller, but you know what? Ian Miller's a Canadian, so he would have an insight Bias. on this. He would have an insight on this. I'm Brett. Uh, for the record, I said it before Ian did. Bret Hart, uh, and he actually brings. Uh, he actually brings in the. Uh, hold on a second, over here. Uh, who won his first IC title and two out three falls match between Foundation and Demolition? Yeah, that was another reason. Ian's bringing the stats, but I'm gonna go ahead and just round it out and tell you that uh, Brett at SummerSlam as a singles, as a tag, as a come up, as a headliner. He's just untouchable at this fucking pay-per-view at SummerSlam. He he was so integral uh, a part of the WWE system during the summer season that uh, it, it would be a shame uh, to mention. Uh, Paul Green puts Demolition for Hall of Fame, which means I'm going to block him from now on on my social media because he, <laughs> uh-huh. he knows how that goes with me. Uh, uh, Vanessa Jean uh, puts in, who is Miss SummerSlam? Now, I did send you guys the note that I wanted to do a Mr. and a Mrs. I felt Mr. would have more conversation attached to it. Yeah. Uh, Mrs., to be honest with you, is a shorter conversation because there haven't been that many standout uh, matches or, or individuals for SummerSlam. 
if you do have one, I'd love to hear it. But as far as I'm going to go right now, my favorite SummerSlam standout female match thus far, and if I haven't gotten flogged yet, I guess this will be the one. Here it comes. I loved Charlotte and Trish. Yep. I thought that was a hell of a story. I thought Trish really held her own. It was clear physically she did not belong in the ring with a Charlotte Flair. But if you wanted to, that is where Charlotte's quote-unquote unbreakable dominance really started was the Trish match. Because once she became the de facto female, once she beat everyone's pretty little favorite, it's been the Charlotte show ever since. Now she's off getting new tits, and we'll see what happens when she comes back. Another. But, that, I think that's her third set. Well, no, 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 no. She Remember, it wasn't augmentation before. It was uh, repair. One of them was repair. Oh, that's she right. That's rupture. right, yeah. So I don't count, like, one of the, at least minimum one of those. So <laughs> I'm with uh, you, though. It's got to yeah, be Charlotte. It's, Four it's, no it's, record. To me, matches. Uh, Charlotte, uh, when she interjected herself in the Becky Lynch situation and got the slap, which eventually yep. turned Becky heel, uh, I'm looking at Charlotte right now as as one of my favorite. Uh, she she has the potential of being, actually, and we'll probably talk about this in a few months. She might be Miss WrestleMania as well. We don't know yet, but that's that's a different she's close. She's, she's close really close. It. Yeah, she 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 might be in the conversation. Ian Miller, who I have to give MVP for this show on the chat. Uh, oh, the uh, the best match at SummerSlam ever, Brett versus Bulldog. It's negotiable. We haven't talked about match. If I did match Ian, we'd be here all fucking be all day. day. <laughs> but yeah, you could definitely bring in Brett and Bulldog as far as match. As far as like uh, as far as headlining SummerSlams, though, it just furthers the Brett agenda, which I'm sure Ian's all behind. Uh, <laughs> as far as that goes, yeah, Ian Miller is. Um... <laughs> Bret Hart fan. I'm, I'm getting my education on Ian right now. He's a little bit of a Brett fan, but that's all right. That's fine. So we have our Mister. We we. Does anybody here have a Mrs. Idea? Just Charlotte. Um, who watches Who watches women's wrestling anyway? Ah, <laughs> there it is. I'm proud of Matt for waiting till the very last second to throw right. that shit in there. Yes. Uh, so you'll remember me, <laughs> Danielle. Do you yeah. have a Mrs. in my a Mrs. in mind? Come on, it's Charlotte. Garbage. It's garbage. Charlotte. You know it's it. got to be Charlotte. There's, it's there's Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Charlotte. <laughs> Come on, she's the queen. Do <laughs> remember if Lita was part of any matches in SummerSlam? No, not no. the much. fact that you can't. It right. proves the point. No, yeah, yeah. the fact that you can't. If, yeah. if she did, she didn't That's do anything why, important enough fairness, to remember. Uh, Alex, uh, Paul Green brings out Natalia is three and one at SummerSlam. Paul Green, I don't know. Uh, I don't doubt that your stat is correct. I don't care. <laughs> None of those matches really stood no, out. Char- Charlotte's matches really stood out. They were they were top tier matches for those shows. Best record among the current women. That's fine. That's not true. That's absolutely. Charlotte's four zero. Charlotte is is she really undefeated at, at uh at SummerSlam? Yep. Charlotte's a uh, Starless 4 0, so there you go. See I did my this is what, I, I this is what happens when you have a Paul Green, this is what happens when you're on the panel. You see these three people on the panel? They did their homework, brother. They're prepared, they're ready to go. So we have gone on way too long. So three hours. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We've done a three hour show. I didn't think it was gonna be that long. I didn't, Danielle, I did not either, but the fans clamored for it. They couldn't get enough of you guys here on the podcast. So, uh, Vanessa Jean says, wait. I blame Ian. 
I'm waiting for Vanessa Jean. Hold on. Wait isn't dot dot dot. What happened, Vanessa Jean? Wait isn't what? I can't. No. Tell me what happened. AJ Styles undefeated. Uh, but see, again, we're not talking. We're not yeah. talking on just stats. Like, we get it. Like, I don't. AJ Styles for. AJ Styles is so. Now everyone is going to start talking stats. Yeah. AJ Styles <laughs> is so. Can you think of another hey, guy who was. Honestly, honestly. Go ahead, Matt. More stats honestly, than just honestly, lost. Honestly speaking, if you look at it, I'm, right now I'm undefeated at SummerSlam, too. So, and How I'm not missing something. <laughs> I mean, on to be fair. If here, here's, here's the thing about I can't think of another foreign. I can't think of another third party superstar, and I have to do my research. I really have to think about this for a second. But I can't think of another third party superstar. Someone who was already an untouchable Teflon performer before he got to the WWE uh, that has been pushed better. Than AJ Styles. AJ Styles has been protected from literally fucking day one. I don't know what it is about AJ where Vince said, you know what? That's the guy. I buy it. I'm going to fucking go with this guy. AJ Styles, if you look at the statistics, because if I think Vanessa is looking at the fact that he's undefeated, if you look at the statistics, every major pay per view, all big four, I think AJ has been protected at. I think he's either undefeated or maybe has one loss at all major pay-per-views to a degree. I don't think it's fair to just look at the statistics on that end because it doesn't give the the memorable factor to it. We're all picking people that really stood out at these events. And while AJ is maybe undefeated, I haven't run the numbers yet to know for sure. I'm going to take her word for it that he is. Does it mean, like, can anyone here look at me and say, that SummerSlam match was awesome from AJ Styles? I know the one with Cena stands out, but other than that, I can't really think of one. That's about it. The one with Cena really stands out. And and other than that, I really can't remember because I think that was the one where, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that the one when Cena won 16th or was that the Rumble? That's the Rumble, I think, he did that. He he, He beat him for the 16th World Championship, so... Yeah, so AJ Styles very well. Listen, if he has some more, listen, he, uh, you know what? It's fucked up. I just thought about this. I was gonna say if he shows up at SummerSlam and, and balls out, will be good. But he's not even booked for t- uh, for Sunday. Maybe AJ Styles. Keep on saying in that in that video that you that you sent me, and in terms of like tagline, SummerSlam 2020, you never saw it coming. Yeah, which is a dumb tagline. Maybe uh, maybe AJ Styles can uh, beat my undefeated streak this year at SummerSlam. <laughs> Because I'm undefeated. I'm undefeated. I'm undefeated at SummerSlam right now. It's a fact. Who did you beat at SummerSlam, Ming? Who? Who did you beat at SummerSlam? Oh, James. He's also winless. He's undefeated, but he's also winless. I'm gonna I'm gonna end the show here because we've we've gone on for far too long as it is. Uh, Paul Green, you had asked earlier the Keith Lee deal. Let me just answer it. It, it will it will literally take five seconds to answer your question. What was the point of Keith Lee relinquishing the North American title just for him to win the NXT title and then lose it in five seconds? Your answer will take five seconds. Photo moment. That's it. I already said it. Steve, you were here for that conversation when we had it. They just want the photo moment. He won those titles for statistics, nothing, no other reason. Vince had no has no want to keep Adam Cole and Keith Lee in developmental and in, in, in NXT for that long. 
those two fuckers are ready for, are ready for mainstream TV. They're being brought up. Let Karrion Cross fuck around with that title until the end of time. Who gives a shit? Karrion Cross is another person who will be on NXT main. Alex, NXT is developmental. Have you not been paying attention to my show? I've been saying, <laughs> but it's a brand. It's not a brand, Ming. I keep t- it's a brand. Me and, it's brand, a brand. Me and Ming Listen, have been it's a brand. arguing this shit for literally three years since I've had this podcast. It's not a brand. It's a brand. It's, it's, sorry, it's a brand. Let me backtrack. It's a brand, but the way that it's being it's promoted his, it's NXT, it's NXT is his highest rated WWE show right now. No, it's NXT not. NXT is his highest no, rated WWE show. No, it is isn't. Raw. No, it's, it's not. Raw. Why? But the demographic? Yeah. Are you the demo god now, yes, Ming? exactly. Are you the demo god? Yes, I am. The... No, listen. We know yes, WWE knows what the real deal is. It's Raw, it's SmackDown, and everything else is garbage. And that's why Keith Lee had the belt for five seconds. They just want the fucking disgusting. photo. They just want the photo op. They just want the moment so they can play it for his debut on Raw or SmackDown or whatever, wherever it is. He's headed where it means something, not NXT. NXT doesn't mean anything. NXT has never meant anything. NXT will never mean anything. NXT is developmental. It will keep the hardcores hard, and it will keep them at pre-cum state, but it won't mean anything ever. Okay, NXT is a, a developmental system. Er, end of discussion. Period. It's what it will always be. If it wasn't for AEW, it wouldn't be on USA Network. I'll concede mm-hmm. that. Mm. But they have no interest in keeping NXT uh, as a third brand. I don't know about that. It hasn't has hit no over a million viewers since have, its first two episodes. They have no interest. For as long as AEW keeps giving us pockets on the third hour or the second hour, they will not give a shit about NXT. They won't care. For as long as Best Friends and, and, <laughs> and Pockets and Jurassic Express are the main acts for the other show, they will not give a fuck. Okay? They won't care. <laughs> So that's the answer to your question. That's why Keith Lee dropped the belt. I would highly, uh, they're probably going to get a rematch at some point just to buy time until, I remember, everything is treading water until fans come back. Once the fans come back, it'll be a done deal. Uh, Paul Green, I heard a rumor Otis is cashing in tomorrow night. Well, good luck with tomorrow night. Who can, <laughs> I don't, I don't, Otis winning the money in the bank was the biggest mistake in the history of the money in the bank. That was That's a conversation for another day. But uh, that, I don't know. that was a mistake. If they oh, would have capitalized, I think, the pandem- on the, I, think the, I think the pandemic derailed that. The pandemic did derail that. I will concede that. But the fact that he's not talented enough to survive the pandemic, like all the other stars have, is credit enough. I mean, to no, we're not debating. We're not debating. Another episode. Another episode. Another episode. We gotta go. It's been three hours. I get the fuck out of here. I gotta pee. <laughs> yeah, I gotta pee. I gotta go. Uh, Danielle has to go. Everyone has to go. So. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. And of course, thank you thank for you enjoying, for ladies and gentlemen. This has been our roundtable by the shirt. Steve, you never put that website in the fucking link here. Make oh, sure yeah, you, I'll do it right now. Make sure Sorry, I, I was having fun. Yeah, so that they can buy your merch just the same as they buy mine. So here's the original. Good logo. to be back. That's the other one there. And uh, we will be back next week with episode 154. And I will have an interview for next week. So I'm coming Ooh. out. Of, I'm coming out of the gun. One of the most controversial figures on the East Coast in wrestling right now has taken the time to sit with me. We're going to talk about some evolutionary shit, not just wrestling. We're talking BLM. We're talking a lot of shit next week. It's going to be one of my one of my more controversial episodes. I promise you. So thank you guys, and we are heading out of here. So thank you and good night, y'all. One hundred episodes now. Pay him. And make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash A-J-O-U-N.
Please, he needs this. Listen to my daddy, so he's the best, so I don't know. Mm -hmm.